This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. My mama said you should be Good morning, New York. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show on this February 7th. Fairly depressing-looking uh, morning out there, especially if you're driving in it. It's awful. But uh, the good news is it will be uh, a, a warm spell. It's going to be uh, in the 40s, maybe 50 degrees one day this week, so we're going to have a spell. Of great weather this week, folks. Keep hope alive. And uh, well, on the Bernie and Sid show, we're going to speak to uh, we're going to speak to Dr. Mark Siegel. We're also going to speak to who else do we have, uh, Sydney? Well, we've got uh, Rich Lowry. That's He's right. Every Monday, Monday morning. morning at seven forty. What the hell? That's wrong? it. Only two guests today, but it's actually it's a good week this week. You mentioned the fact that Saturday we're going to hit fifty degrees most of the week in the mid forties, no teens, but. It's a good week because, A, it's Super Bowl week, which I love. And, in fact, throughout the week we'll play some highlights on this show from Super Bowl's past that came down to the final seconds. Sunday, of course, the Rams taking on the Bengals. And with Valentine's Day being a week from tonight, most people will celebrate Valentine's Day this Saturday. You know, I will, for example, taking Danielle to Rosanna Scotto's beautiful restaurant. So it's a cool week. you got Valentine's Day night Saturday, Super Bowl Sunday coming up, the weather getting warmer, not as horrible as it was back in the month of january you know you're taking a page out of my book with this uh celebrating uh, valentine's day on saturday and not the actual day itself you, yeah monday you, you, you can't realize do it. that right well i mean look the, the fact is it's not even me i mean i get home most days one o'clock in the afternoon my wife who's running as we speak the maniac leaves the house after taking gable to school every morning travels from the upper west side to great neck long island and doesn't get home till about 7 15 7 30 most weeknights and then cooks dinner about four nights a week. So, wow. yeah, it's really more for Danielle. Monday night is just not good for her. So, yes, we'll take the page out of your book and celebrate on Saturday. She is uh, well, she is super chick. I Unbelievable. Tell you. She really is. And, of course, uh, well, we have a spate, a spate of apologies out there uh, this morning. You have uh, Eric Adams. You have Joe Rogan. You have a bunch of other people, uh, you know, using, uh, well, using bad words in the past. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, the Olympics, of course, uh, I t- I, did you watch the opening ceremonies Friday night? I did not watch it because Friday morning, when you and I were on the air, it was on live, and you had it on in your house, and you said it's awful, so I decided not to watch it. It was absolutely, I mean, Putin fell asleep in the stands. <laughs> I swear to God. They have Putin with his neck on the side, his head is bobbing, you know, like you're sitting on the, uh, you know, on the uh, Metro North train. Uh, you missed your stop past uh, Tarrytown, and you're on your way north. And uh, you're drunk, and he looked like that. And that's all because it was awful, awful, awful. And the bottom line is, though, they did have, uh, China did have one of these, uh, one of these wiggers like the Olympic torch, sort of uh, a weird political move on their part. And then I understand that this uh, particular, this is a, a, a skier, actually, this wigger was a female, uh, came in 42nd in her competition, and she has since disappeared. 
Is that she, right? Yeah. She's gone. 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 Now, on the, on the upside, we have uh, locally from Westport, Connecticut, we have a, a young lady, 24 years old, named Julia Marino. She won silver for the United States, so that's a big deal. That's all we got so far are three silvers. Yeah, she was one of them. No gold yet for America. I know right now Sweden has led the way, and, of course, they're a great winter sports uh, country. They've got three gold medals so far. Even better than the story about the girl that went disappearing, which uh, the Russian hockey players would do all the time when they lost, is this um, figure skater who actually, a uh, traitor, left the United States, went back to China, and how nice was it to see her crash into the wall during her short routine this weekend. She literally crashed into the wall and bombed. So the girl that uh, left the United States for China, uh, no is good. That, is that Michelle Gu? No, no, no. Michelle Gu is... Um, that, she's a skier, right? She's a skier. You're talking about um, uh, Xi. Her name is actually Xi. Yu Xi. Yu Xi. And she uh, stabbed America in the back and went back to China yeah. after living here in America and hit the wall on her short routine, which was good to see. Well, she be humiliated this morning. And thanks for uh, turning your back on the United States. But uh, the other, uh, I guess the other aspect of this whole thing is, first of all, NBC is censoring uh, a congressman. He wanted to put a, an ad on NBC criticizing China. And they said no. They said, we're not going to do it, even though I heard them talk about China's, uh, you know, genocidal policies, blah, blah, blah. They will not allow that. So uh, NBC against free speech, apparently. And, of course, uh, we, we remember this from Friday, Nancy Pelosi saying this to the athletes. Take a listen. I do not encourage them to speak out against the Chinese government there because I fear for their safety if they do. So that is no different. Remember Laura Ingram uh, said to LeBron James, essentially she said, shut up and dribble, is what he, the way he interpreted it. And she's telling these people to shut up and ski. And, it, of course, the Olympics has a tradition of athletes, you know, raising their fists, doing this and that. And people are wondering, what the hell is she doing telling these people to uh, dummy up? Well, it turns out she has a lot of business interests, her, her husband, her son. They're being investigated, by the way, by the feds. Believe it or not, so seemingly that's the motivation. She is a communist sympathizer, Sid Rosenberg. And she's made a lot of money. In fact, it's funny you say that because I got into work at about 10 to 5 this morning, and Justin Ellis grabbed me and he said, listen, you got to tape a spot. I said, tape a spot at 10 to 5? He said, yes, Newsmax. So I taped the uh, Newsmax spot, and sure enough, Bernard, it's about Grant Stinchfield's show later on tonight. And what is this show about? He's exposing Nancy Pelosi who is now oh. worth upwards of a quarter of a billion dollars, made $30 million on some stock deal a couple of weeks ago, but worth nearly a quarter of a billion dollars for deals like you're talking about. She is definitely in bed with the Chinese communist government. No question. And her son, too, is in big trouble, from what I understand. So good on Grant Stinchfield. And uh, this guy on ESPN, sticking with the Olympics for another minute, uh, somebody on ESPN, is, is, did you ever hear of a guy named Jay Adande? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, listen he's, to usually, he's usually a big-time basketball guy, but he has said some things in the past. He's been accused of uh, racism, actually, Jay Adande, and I don't like him. He actually came after me years ago down in Miami. Well, apparently he's the new Jameel Hill of uh, ESPN. Yes, listen to, it's listen. not new. He's been that way for quite some time, but I guess most people don't know his name, but he's been doing stuff like this for a long time. All right. Take a listen. Go ahead, Jay. Who are we to criticize China's human rights records when we have ongoing uh, attacks by the agents of the state 
against unarmed citizens, and we've got assaults on the voting rights of, of our people of color in various states in this country. So sports, I think it is possible, and it's necessary more than ever to just shut everything out if you are to enjoy the actual games themselves. So genocide versus having to show uh, ID when you go vote, that's comparable to uh, this idiot uh, Jay Adande. I mean, what, uh, uh, don't, isn't there a memo? Didn't they put out a memo on ESPN saying none of this criticizing, no no, no politics or something like well, that? No, they, they do if you're white and your name is Linda Cohen and you're on the Bernie and Sid show and you're about to criticize the left, yes, you'll be uh, called in the office, which he was, told to stop coming on our show, which he was. But if you're black, whether it's Jamel Hill, J.A. Adande, you can say what you want. Actually, I shouldn't even say that because one of the uh, the guys that was really guilty of that nonsense there for many, many years was an old friend of mine named Dan Levitard, who happens to be Cuban. But um, it's not even white or black anymore. It's basically if you told a lie and it's okay, but if you're Linda Cohn or Mike Ditka, shut up. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so it continues uh, to this day. And just uh, as an aside, I actually watched the Olympics. I actually enjoyed watching it. I wouldn't record anything because then they they can measure my recording. You know that that's how they count. The partially is how when people DVR. You mean so the ratings? You don't want yeah, to give the, NBC credit the, rate, for the ratings. Exactly right. But I do watch it live, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the skiing, uh, the uh, you know the downhill skiing, the slaloms. The, that that uh, somebody, some masochist, thought up this. Uh, I forget what they call it, where you, you, you're bouncing, uh, you know, every five seconds you're bouncing and then you got to flip. Yeah. Seems, it seems cruel, whatever the hell it is. But it's really, these people are talented. I mean, it's really. Uh, Let me tell you something. They're amazing. And they actually inspired two of our own coworkers to hit the slopes this weekend, one being our very own Justin Ellick, who had a very romantic weekend with his Russian mail-order bride girlfriend, Lisa, at Hunter Mountain, and the other being our fearless leader. The great Chad Lopez, who took all of his kids, including the lovely Gabby, and they went to uh, Stratton. They went skiing this weekend. Wow. Nice, nice. How about that? That was inspired by the Olympics. I I could see why. I really could. By the way, if you're watching uh, the the show right now on television, WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv, you can see a picture of Chad Lopez, his son Anthony, and his adorable daughter Gabby all skied out. You see, got the, they got the outfits, they got the masks, they got everything going on with ice behind them. That is a great picture of the Lopez family from Stratton just a couple of days ago. That is a beautiful, good-looking family. I can tell you that, folks. And uh, as far as this apology tour, uh, not apology tour, these uh, spate of apologies, I mentioned uh, Eric Adams, Joe Rogan. Uh, and you can throw in Susan Sarandon at this point. And almost on Alvin Bragg's part, a complete reversal on a lot of policies, as though we believe he's sincere. But anyway, let's start with Eric Adams. Uh, in 2019, I'm sure you heard about this, Sid. 2019, he called, uh, well, he used he used a phrase which people call, consider a racial epithet. This is him in 2019 uh, telling, he, he was challenging people who were asking him, why the hell are you running for mayor? Listen to this. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he was one of the black law enforcement. Famous sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. So he kicked some crackers' ass. You, he kicked some white boys' ass. Uh, yeah, that is a, uh, an, an epithet, uh, no doubt. On the part of Eric Adams. Now, I'm not triggered, of course, but, uh, you know, if it's on the, the shoes on the other foot, like 
say Joe Rogan, uh, you, you should. Everybody gets triggered. Not so much with Eric Adams, though he did issue an apology. But before we get to the apology, he wasn't finished. He he was referring to black people as Negroes. Listen to this. It's so interesting. I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, these Negroes, boy, these Negroes that wake up every day and don't like themselves, yeah. they're going to beat me up. The people who say where's our real black leaders, they're going to say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, Negro, you run. You run. Go raise the $7 million. So we're broken down into uh, crackers and Negroes. It just, he's Neither, such, you know, he, he comes off as this, you know, kind of a glib, nice, you know, guy, but... He has so much built-up resentment and anger. He really does. Yeah, no, you're right. We, uh, that, that was cracking the surface a little bit. Yes. But uh, there's a lot more. You can tell there's a lot more down there. Uh, so, also, he apologized. Listen to this. Definitely apologize. Inappropriate, inappropriate comments should not have been used. Someone asking me a question using that comment and playing on that word, I responded in that comment. Clearly, uh, it's a comment that should not be used, and I apologize not only uh, to those who heard it, but to New Yorkers because they should expect more from me, and that was inappropriate. Now, nobody can find the uh, tape of the, the questioner using the word cracker. Uh, nobody can find it. It's just mysteriously just doesn't exist. But he claims he was responding to the uh, questioner who asked about, you know, a cracker. I don't even know in what context that. I, I don't remember the last time outside of me and Danielle, because I apologize all the time because I make a lot of mistakes. But outside of me and my wife, who I love dearly, I don't remember the last time I heard somebody make a public apology where I bought it, where I felt like they were at all sincere, whether it's Susan Sarandon whether it's even Joe Rogan, whether it's Eric Adams, no matter who it is, I don't remember the last time. And truth be told, 99% of the time, you know this, it's not. It's not sincere. They, they, they have to do it. Of course. Just suck it up. I said it. Uh, maybe the, uh, the timing wasn't great. I'm in a different position now than I was then. But who really believes these apologies are sincere? Who believes that? Nobody believes it. I mean, it was, and of course, they were said, these comments, uh, on the part of a lot of other people, were said a long time ago. This was 2019 with uh, Adams. But, yeah, the apologies uh, not sincere whatsoever. The best news I heard all day was from Deb Valentine that Andrew Cuomo may challenge Letitia James for the attorney general's yes. seat. That is – I can't even tell you how that elevated my mood this morning on this dismal Monday morning uh, that Andrew Cuomo is going to go after her. By the way, it's a racist uh, move. But, but, uh, He's going to displace a black woman. That's, yeah, that's really, right. That is racist. But, that, does, that triggers me. But on a serious note, like Janice Dean, for example, she's nauseous this morning because the whole goal was not just to make sure he was removed from office, but to make sure he could never run again in any, in any capacity. So while it's kind of funny, and I don't like Letitia James either, the fact that he is even considering and will have the opportunity to run again is really hurtful for people like Janice Dean. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that, but I can also appreciate the uh, sense, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cuomo versus James. The, the two of them are just, uh, you know, politically expedient uh, animals. Who do you root for there? Uh, I guess I root for James, but I root for ugliness uh, above and beyond <laughs> anything else. I root for big-time nasty ugliness. 
And you know you're going to get it. I mean, Cuomo was furious at this lady for what he did to for actually following through and not backing off, which he could have done. But, uh, yeah, that's what I root for, ugliness, as usual, Sid. I think that's funny, and I think you'll get it, too, and let's uh, let's see what happens. Uh, could he win that? Could he beat her? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Not in this state, uh, in this time. You know, she's a black lady. And uh, speaking of which, uh, we'll get to her as well, a non-apology. Stacey Abrams, throw her into the uh, yep. list of people who are issuing, in her case, it's a, 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 a bust-out non-apology. In fact, she's playing the race card, but uh, we'll tell you all about that. Coming up, got lots of audio on the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. We will talk to Rich Lowry this morning. We will talk to Dr. Mark Siegel and uh, get you through this uh, ugly Monday. Listen, folks, you, you, you want to get to Friday, you have to go through Monday. That's the way it is. 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back. It is a 47-yard try by Scott Norwood to try to win the game for Buffalo. Lingner will snap it right, will hold it. Norwood will kick it from the right hash mark with eight seconds left and the Giants leading Buffalo 20 to 19. It's a 47 yard kick for the Bills. Norwood assumes the position. Lingner waits to snap it. We wait. There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. Norwood missed. Four seconds left. The Giants have won Super Bowl 25. Start spreading the news. The Giants have won Super Bowl 25. This being Super Bowl week, Sunday, Super Bowl 56 from Los Angeles. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. That specific Super Bowl took place in 1990 when the Giants beat the Bills. It was the Giants' second Super Bowl win at the time. In 1986, of course, they beat John Elway and the Denver Broncos behind Bill Parcells and Phil Simms. 1990, that game, they beat the Buffalo Bills behind Bill Parcells and Jeff Hostetler. Parcells retired right after that game, you may remember. He came back, of course, and coached ten more times, but the Giants named Ray Handley head coach for the next two seasons before Dan Reeves took over. And then, of course, the Giants won two more Super Bowls in the Eli Manning era with Tom Coughlin beating Tom Brady and the Patriots twice. So the Giants have now won four overall. And uh, that was a um, a memory for me that uh, is etched in my mind because, Bernie, as you know, uh, that Super Bowl took place in Tampa, Florida. And uh, me and my late dad, Harvey, and two of his business associates, who are very, very close friends, Sal Ferragamo and Richie Rotundo, the four of us made the trip from East 22nd Street and Quentin Road on a rainy Brooklyn Friday morning to Florida and stayed in Orlando, partied like rock stars, Saturday, the game, the uh, day before the game at uh, Pleasure Island, left very, very early Sunday morning from Orlando to Tampa, and arrived at that stadium about five hours early. And we were told to do that because that was the time of the Gulf War. And uh, they actually, for the first time ever, had um, detectors outside the stadium. Uh, They actually 
made people show up, uh, some folks, maybe seven to eight hours in advance. The, so, ter- the terrorists won. The terrorists won that day. Hey, how old were you, by the way? I was, um, it was the year before I ended up marrying Danielle. In fact, I saw Danielle the night before at a Brooklyn bar in Sheepshead Bay, Captain Walters, and we partied. She had just gotten back from Puerto Rico. I never dated her before. We partied like rock stars that night, and then Friday morning I said, hey, I'll see you when I get back. Went to Tampa. But it ended up being a beautiful day because that was also the Super Bowl where, uh, if you remember, Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that stadium had an American flag on their seat. When I arrived at the stadium, I was one of the very first people to be inside the stadium, hours and hours before the game. And every seat had an American flag on it. Whitney sang the national anthem. And this country, we were just killing it. Bush was in charge. We were proud to be Americans. We were kicking ass in the Gulf. And the Giants won Super Bowl twenty five. How do you beat that day, Bernie McGurk? Well, you bring in Roseanne Barr and let her sing the <laughs> national anthem. No, we were we were living large. That's that's probably the last time really well, I gotta say during the uh the Clinton administration. No thanks to Bill Clinton. Uh, we reaped the dividends of uh, winning the Cold War and things were great up until nine eleven. So uh yeah, that that heralded in a spate of good times in this country, the nineties. But, uh, yeah, uh, that, now, that, the, the Clinton stuff is fair, though. We, we were enjoying some real rewards. Now, he knew, of course, that eventually, whether it was the mortgage stuff, the dot-com stuff, that was going to come back and bite us in the ass. And poor bastard George Bush, 43, walked in, and he was the guy to take it. But um, for the first four years under Bill Clinton, I don't care whether you like the guy or not, those were great times in America. Great times. Yeah, again, like I say, he, he reaped the dividends of the end of the Cold War. I mean, it was... Uh, it was handed to him, essentially, uh, is what I'm saying. And then, of course, it was the big tech boom that that fortuitously under his watch occurred. Yep. And so for those reasons, and yeah, it was just a great time. I'm not going to criticize Bill Clinton. I'm just saying I think he was just a lucky guy. He was fortuitous for him that this stuff was ongoing at that point. But, uh, those, yeah, those were great times. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> you just never forget when you're in the middle of good times, as we were during the Trump administration, uh, and I was saying, even during the Trump administration, times were great, yep. and people were angry. What the freak are you angry about? <laughs> Everything is so good. I know they were. Angry. I hated that. I agree. And I got to tell you, nobody was angry in that stadium that day. White people, black people, everybody stood for the national anthem. Everybody. There was not a dry eye in the house. I don't care whether it was Lawrence Taylor. Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, or the guy standing next to me who happened to be from Sheepshead Bay, by the way. There was not a dry eye in the house. Everybody was an American. Everybody loved this country. Everybody stood proudly, held their heart for that song. And it was only, you know, like 20-something, oh, excuse me, it was longer. It was um, 30-something years ago. But uh, it could have been 130 years ago because, boy, have things changed in a bad way, in a hurry. They have, but I will point out that the uh, opening ceremonies at uh, at Arrowhead Stadium during uh, before the Chiefs, uh, I believe it was the Chiefs-Bengals games, right? The, the Chiefs uh, lost to the Bengals, correct? Uh, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, and that is a game you're talking about. It's a very yeah. nice pregame ceremony, but it was, so what? It, it was an incredibly patriotic uh, flag. Soldiers, Ashanti sang the national anthem. It wasn't Whitney Houston, but the flyover. So uh, hopefully things are swinging back the other uh, way. I don't see it. That was that was a made-for-TV production, and the same people that hated the cops before the, before the start of that game still hate the cops. And it just wasn't like that in 1990. I'm sorry, it just wasn't. So I hear what you're saying, but these are made-for-TV productions. 
That's all that is, is the NFL saying, look at us. We love America, too. They're not changing anybody's minds. By the way, that's why I, I was rooting for uh, Garoppolo and the 49ers. And also, you know, they have Bosa on the team. They were The 49ers all were wearing these stupid social justice warrior messages on the back of their helmets. Yeah. None of them say, uh, you know, support the police, by the way. But uh, Tony Garoppolo wore nothing. He was like, screw you, I'm not wearing anything. That's true. Unfortunately, they lost, and uh, he's not in, in the Super Bowl, but... I just thought I'd point that out. No, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Don't forget, they lost to the – who the Niners lose to that day? Let's see how good you are. Kansas City. In the Pat Mahomes' only Super Bowl win. Wow. Very good. In the Super Bowl? Yeah. Chiefs beat the 49ers a couple of years ago. Yeah, you're yeah. right. All right, we got a big show today. Rich Lowry coming up at 740. Dr. Mark Siegel coming up at 905. We will play those highlights throughout the week leading up to Sunday's Super Bowl 56 matchup between the Bengals and the Rams. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. We'll take phone calls all week long, too, on your Super Bowl memory, your favorite leading up to Sunday's game. But, Bernie, we got some work to do first. Yes, we do. Traffic and sports coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Uh, Justin, who is the clip? I have uh, Fridays on my uh, list here. You've got uh, John Katz. John Katz, Katz Roundtable, every Sunday morning at 8.30. Here John talks, well, no doubt, with a heavy hitter. Take a listen. Our borders are under attack, and your home state of Arkansas is only a, a hoot and a holler away from the Mexican border. Are you getting people that may be sick or maybe? not acceptable into your state? Um, there's no doubt, John. And even though we're a lot closer to the uh, southern border than you are in New York, when 100,000 Americans died last year of drug overdoses, the vast majority of those drugs coming from Mexico, every state is a border state. And every town is a border town. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Take a look at the medal count of the Olympics so far. It looks like right now, who's ahead? Is that Russia? They got two golds, two silvers, and two bronze. They've got six medals in all. The Netherlands, four medals. Japan, four medals. And the United States has three medals, all silver. No gold yet for our country. NBA last night, what is going on with the Brooklyn Nets? They got hammered by the Denver Nuggets, 124 to 104. Brooklyn has now lost eight games in a row, eight in a row, finding themselves at 29 and 24, a seven seed inside the East. The Knickerbockers now at 24 and 29, a 12 seed. They were off last night. They will take on, I guess, uh, Sacramento. I'm not even sure. Who the Knicks play tomorrow? The Boston Celtics? What do you have here? Uh, uh, what's your name? Justin. Who's up next for the Knicks? Well, you write too much stuff in this damn sports update. It's like reading a book. Just have the scores and then what team is playing next. Who's up for the Knicks? Yeah, who's up next? Uh, the Celtics? Yeah, right? Doesn't it? I right? have no idea. I think it's. I think it says the Celtics. Hockey is back tonight. They had an all-star break. Oh, the Utah Jazz. Oh, thank you, the Utah Jazz. The Devils will take on the Ottawa Senators tonight. The Rangers, they're back tomorrow taking on the Boston Bruins. And the Isles are back on the ice Wednesday taking on Vancouver. NFL, the Pro Bowl this weekend. And uh, AFC won, but the bigger news is that New Orleans Saints Pro Bowl running back Alvin Kamara got in a fight in a Las Vegas nightclub and was arrested for assault and battery. What's the latest there, Justin? Uh, not much. No comments from uh, either party. They, uh, no comments from uh, 
Kamara, no comments from the Saints, so we'll see. All right, and finally, Sunday, of course, Super Bowl 56. Right now, the Rams are a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals. Sports brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers with sports. I'm Sid. One, two, three. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can check us out, folks. It's a real good watch on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. Actually put up nice pictures uh, of the stories we're talking about while we're talking about them. You can see the uh, latest in fashion with uh, Sydney. He's always uh, decked out and very dapper. Well, the rest of the crew look like they sleep in Penn Station. Yeah, that's essentially. True. Yeah, and this is uh, Fashion Week this week here in New York, so we were told at least that uh, dress up was going to be mandatory, and they all look like shizzle. Everyone only for Friday dress up is mandatory. Only for Friday. Only for Friday. By the okay. way, uh, Sunday the thirteenth, the day before Valentine's Day, my uh, magazine comes out, FLG Magazine, where I'm on the cover and a six-page spread inside the magazine. You saw the pictures, Bernie, a couple of weeks ago. You loved them. The magazine really nice. actually comes out on Sunday. That's very exciting for me. Now, will that be in, uh, you know, uh, newspaper stores, uh, places like that, magazine stands? No, you have to buy it online. Online, uh, okay. Most magazines are like that these days. I'll put the link up on Sunday, but you can buy the magazine online. They're going to give me a bunch of complimentary copies, and I'll bring them here to the studio, obviously, and give you one. But it uh, comes out on Sunday. Very, very exciting for me. Very exciting. I, I, I like what I hear, Sydney. I like what I hear. I look forward to it. Hey, listen, let me ask you this. I'm going to play a piece of audio. You tell me who you think it is. Listen to this. Go ahead. Play it, uh, Justin. All of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Sydney? All of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Can you play it one more time? All of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Who is that going to be? Come on. Uh, uh, you got time. Go you got, I'll give you 10 seconds. Hunter Biden? That's not bad. That's not a bad guess. No, it, it was uh, really the feel-good story of the weekend. Wait, uh, wait, don't tell me. Okay, well. Give me, give me a hint. Give me one hint. Uh, well, uh, this is going to give it away for sure. Stormy Daniels. Oh, piece of garbage, Michael Avenatti. Oh, he's guilty. That was a feel-good story this weekend, wasn't it? How, how do you like that? All my fantasies involve handcuffs. Well. And, uh, yeah, of course. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. I mean, I'm not going to. No, but, I mean, of course, the irony, if if you will, is that uh, the handcuffs, these are not the handcuffs he was, uh, you know, fantasizing about. (laughs) The ones he's going to be wearing. Exactly. Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, even though they let him out on some sort of bond, bail, or whatever, faces 22 years, and he already faces, like, uh, a couple of dozen years in California. So this creep, this oily uh, piece of scum, uh, he's done. He's done. He's out. And. It couldn't happen to a nicer person. I mean, just just remember, just never forget what the fake news perpetrated on the American people with this guy. This guy was on every single show. They couldn't get enough of him. I mean, they, they actually counted it. It was some ridiculous number, upwards of 100-something like that. Here's just a taste. And you, you have to remember this, folks, because these are people that are still on TV, still lying to you every day, and perpetrated many, many uh, or, or perpetuated many, many other 
hoaxes and fake news, the uh, Russia collusion, Jesse Smollett, but pumping up this uh, this 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 low life, Michael Avenatti. Listen to a, a, just a, a couple of pieces here. You recognize some voices here: Colbert, The View, Lawrence O'Donnell, Rachel Maddow. Take a listen. You got lucky tonight. We're back with attorney Michael Avenatti. He is a main player. Sitting beside me right now. I'm not going to let you cheat. You, you have to guess. Uh, and hint, his name is Michael Avenatti. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think you're doing a hell of a job. I don't think you're in this for money. I have never seen anyone pander to an audience like you just Thank did. You. How dare you, sir? Here's something else. Michael Avenatti, I'd like to meet you sometime over uh, a dinner. Lately, to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. You are <laughs> all places at all times. Michael Avenatti for president in 2020? He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael Avenatti. I mean, come on. That How was ridiculous Bill, was that? Bill they actually Martin, made him a presidential hopeful. You had Fredo. You had Chris Matthews. Never forget this, folks. All these all these wise, uh, you know, pundits, if you will, who opine and, you know, prognosticate and all that stuff, they fell for this guy. When everybody, well, half the country knew he was nothing but a piece of garbage trying to frame an innocent man during that uh, Supreme Court episode. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was, uh, I guess, the feel-good story of the week weekend for myself, at, at the very least. And, uh, you know, there were some, uh, there was a really disgusting video from Bed-Stuy, a, a hate crime, another hate crime. Some lowlife, another lowlife, he, he rolls up behind these two Orthodox Jews, and he sucker-punched one of these guys. You know, he's wearing the, the Orthodox hat and all that stuff. Sucker-punches right, right in the face from behind. It really is disgusting. So the hate crimes are off the charts. It's a, it's almost a competition, and I don't mean to uh, trivialize it, between Jews and Asians. That's how many hate crimes uh, are occurring in the city as we speak. I think, I think there's a lot more on the Jews, and, and I hate to say this because they're my people, but they got to fight back. I, I just I feel like they don't fight back, and maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, go, go in the streets and, and, and just fight. I don't know what else to say. Somebody walks up behind me and punches me in the face. Somebody, it's going to get ugly. I mean, one of us is going to die. I just don't feel like my people do that. I put, they get punched in the face, and they, they, they whimper, and they cry, and they call the cops, and somebody else does it the next day. So I, I just want to see my people fight. Fight yeah. some more. Fight a little bit. That would be good. But, uh, you know, the it is uh, shocking when you get uh, sucker punched like it that. It is. I mean, you did it to me at 8 o'clock in the morning doing the MSNBC yeah, fight. That, 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 was, that was, <laughs> was hardly a sucker punch. I mean, when somebody rolls up behind you and punches you in the face as okay, hard as... Okay, but then get up and just yell and scream and, and cause bloody murder. I mean, come on. We screamed and screamed and screamed. Never again. Never again. So I understand. But if you're not knocked unconscious, that's one thing. They come up behind you. They knock you unconscious. There's a, there's a couple moments of shock. I get it. But... We got to start fighting back. We, we I don't, fair I don't enough, know how, but we got to do it. Fair enough, Sid Rosenberg. Fair enough. And uh, by the way, these hate crimes—they've been going on for a long, long time. You remember? And behind it all, behind a lot of it, is Al Sharpton. Of course, uh, the, cr- 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 Yanko Rosenbaum was that's the kid's right. name. Crown Heights, Freddie's Fashion Mart. Yep. You know what? People died in that fire because he was calling the owner, the Jewish owner, an interloper. He talked about diamond merchants, all that stuff. And and then of course, uh, and this uh, we dug up over the weekend, Al Sharpton. This news report from the 1980s. We're always talking about why are so many hate crimes against Asians uh, being committed by a certain demographic? Well, listen to this news report from the 1980s on a boycott of a Korean grocery store. Take a listen to this. Church Avenue in Flatbush, boycotters, mostly black, 
outside the Red Apple Fruit Market on one side of the street and church fruits on the other side. Blacks are angry and frustrated once again at new immigrants, this time Koreans, who have moved in, moved up, and left blacks behind. This is new anger over an old wound. So there you have it. From the 1980s, Al Sharpton organized the boycott, and they were not only uh, angry that they moved in and moved up, but that they would follow certain people around in the stores, and that, that caused was a, there was a lot of friction. I just thought I'd remind people. So you have Al Sharpton behind the Asian hate crimes and the Jewish hate crimes. Al freaking ass clown Sharpton himself. And now listen, I mentioned uh, these apologies. Uh, you had Joe Rogan. You had uh, you had Eric Adams. But uh, before we get to the Joe Rogan thing, uh, uh, this uh, woman running for governor down in, in Georgia, Stacey Abrams, she sat down in front of a, a class of kids, and it was for a Black History Month reading. All the kids are wearing masks. All the kids are wearing masks. Stacey Abrams, she's not wearing any damn mask nope. whatsoever. Nope. The same thing happened with Jamal Bowman. But uh, the thing about this, she actually invoked, she said it figures that uh, my opponents would take advantage of a Black History Month reading to criticize me for, you know, some mask incident or something. In other words, she's playing the race card. You can't do this during a Black History Month reading is what, what she's uh, essentially saying, which is it's really uh, gutter stuff. I mean, it's re- again, uh, a, a crying racism is the last refuge of a skunk with no argument. And that's what Stacey Abrams is. Here's the funny part, though. If you see uh, she's sitting on the floor in front of those kids, it actually took them. She couldn't get off the floor. Uh, <laughs> it was like a viral video. It took them like 20 minutes to pull her off the floor. Of course, <laughs> she's fat. They had a call in security. And by the way, of all those people in that picture, who needs the mask the most, the kids or her? Kids. Yeah, right? <laughs> but meanwhile, these poor kids, they're getting smothered, and she's sitting there just breathing freely, no problem whatsoever. All right, on to Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan, of course, he's been they're after, him, they're after him, of course, because he presents the other side, and he gets a lot of it right. Plus, he took ivermectin, uh, and that pissed them off, the horse dewormer. For whatever reason, they hate Joe Rogan. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Then he morphed into a Donald Trump supporter towards the end, reluctant, not really a conservative, to be quite honest with you. But he was busted uh, just recently. He's on Spotify. They're on, under a lot of pressure to get rid of him. Somebody came up, I think it was this uh, singer named India Ari. She came up with a, uh, a compilation of Joe Rogan using the N-word, and uh, Cut 26 is, uh, well, here it is. Take a listen to uh, Joe Rogan. Hello, everybody out there in TV town. This is Carl Malone of the Utah Jazz, here to tell you about Carl Malone Home State, Louisiana. Sometime at night, Carl Malone look up in sky and say, what the oh, hell wait a going second. on? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my mistake. That sounds like Jimmy Kimmel doing the Carl yeah, Malone yeah, stick to you me. You know what, that was Jimmy Kimmel in blackface right. doing the Jimmy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember him ever po- apologizing for that. <laughs> You're right, I, I got that one wrong, my but, apologies. But, but, wait a second, but Jimmy did not use the N-word in that bit. I, mean, I, know you I, mean, I, I can't defend I'll, Rogan on that one. I'll give you that, but he was talking like this to no, black people. That, listen, Jimmy Kimmel, Howard Stern, they make a living making fun of black people. There's no question about it. Uh, but but the N-word, it, uh, Rogan's going to have a tough time defending that, and he used it a lot. Well, here is uh, Joe Rogan. This is Cut 25 using the N-word. Take a listen. Hey, Robin, what does you call a black rocket scientist? I don't know, Jay. Oh, no. No. We'll be rolling. We'll be rolling. May I say something yeah. here? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you can say whatever you want, you smelling. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a second. Wait a second. I got the wrong one again. That sounds like Howard Stern to I me. Think, I think that was Howard Stern actually, <laughs> yeah. in, not only in blackface, but he was using the N-word. Yes, he was. He was using and he did it multiple times. I cut that thing off a little early. He was actually but, talking to his best friend in the world, somebody who, he loves more than anybody, Robin Quivers, in that who, bit. Who, who became visibly and audibly angry at what he was doing in that particular clip. And by the way... Haven't heard him apologize. Haven't heard for cancellation. No. no. But uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, they want to get rid of him. Uh, I think, do you finally have the right clip, uh, Justin Ellick? Yeah, I think I figured it out, Bernie. All uh, right, cut 23. Go ahead, play that. You know, your thing. Yeah, saying the word. Your I already said. Your is just like. Your. She's calling you a. It's like this boy that he's a. But starts calling them. Your. There should be a word like. Especially like the word. That's our. He says, guy, uh, and then er, starts saying, you're allowed to use the word, out the word. All right, so he he said it a lot, but. Like a hundred times. The one thing, the one thing, uh, the takeaway, I guess, is that he didn't call anybody that. He actually was, uh, he was talking about the word itself, and and he was using it while he was talking about it. He could have said the N-word. He probably should have said the N-word. But, uh, of course, he ended up apologizing over the weekend, as did uh, Eric Adams, for using the word cracker. In fact, let's listen to his apology, you know, for laughs. I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. Now, I know that to most people, there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. But for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation, instead of saying the N-word, I would just say the word. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you f***ed up. And I clearly have f***ed up. Yo, you done effed up, my brother. You I done mean, effed look, up. It, that was a sincere apology, I guess. Look, I, I'm not a big Joe Rogan guy. I don't care. Uh, never, I'm not a fan of his. I wasn't a fan of his on, on, on Fear Factor or this podcast. Uh, if, uh, your point is, if you're pointing out hypocrisies because Jimmy Kimmel does it, Howard Stern does it, and now somebody on the right does it, he has to apologize, then, uh, then I could appreciate all of that. I'm just not a Joe Rogan fan. I don't care. But I do know that the Spotify CEO said that he's not going to get fired, but they did remove over 100 episodes of his work. Yes, they did. They did indeed. Uh, yeah, hypocrisy, is that's what it's all about, hypocrisy. I mean, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, and by the way, he's not a conservative. He's, he's, he really is just down the middle, and he just asks questions. Uh, but either way, point made up by me, and uh, now we're out of time on the Bernie and Sitcher. We're going to talk to Rich Lowry next hour. We're going to talk, talk to Dr. Mark Siegel, and we got it all covered for you here on the Bernie and Sitcher. In times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. be. 
it be? On this date, February 7th, 58 years ago, back in 1964, the Beatles landed at Kennedy Airport for their first ever American tour. And in my opinion, that's their best song, Let It Be, the Beatles, 58 years ago today. Folks, go to WABCradio.com right now and register for your chance to win a WABC Barry House coffee mug. Barry House Coffee, proud to be the official sponsor of Bernie and Sid in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Register now and good luck. Hour number two on this Monday morning, 7.05, which Larry will join us coming up at 7.40. Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up at 7.25. But Bernard, for the first time ever after, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 different times of doing it, for the first time ever... My beautiful wife, Danielle, saw me go at it, go at it in public with somebody, in fact, more than one person, over masks this weekend. Get out. Oh, yes. So I'm compelled to uh, share this story. It's Saturday afternoon, and she's at the AT&T, the Apple store, excuse me, the Apple store up by um, Lincoln Center, okay? So uh, I finished my, my workout, and I go, I'll tell you what, I'll take the train a couple of stops, I'll meet you by 67th and Broadway, and we'll grab a slice of pizza, we'll walk around, because she had to wait two hours for Gabriel's phone to be fixed at the Apple Store. So I hop on the train, I meet Danielle on 67th and Broadway, and uh, we start walking, and we end up inside the Columbus Circle Shops. You know that place, right? I know it well, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, they're beautiful. Up, upscale. Upscale. So I walk in, we walk in, I should say, and we make our way towards the escalator to go have lunch upstairs, and the security guy runs over with a box of masks, and he said, will you put this on? I said, no. I swear to God. He goes, what do you mean no? I said, no. I'm not putting it on. I said, it's not a law. You can't make me put it on. Danielle did not say a word. She was clearly uncomfortable. She knew what was going to happen here. But I said, no, I'm not putting it on. So I ended up taking the mask from the guy, kind of crumbled it in my right hand, but never put the mask on. And I said to the guy, he said, well, people want you to put it on. I said, I don't care. And he said, well, I care. I said, well, I don't care what you care about. I said, last night I checked, this is New York City, not it's, Moscow. This is great. I oh, love this, this is great. By the way, uh, I be- believe there is a mask mandate uh, currently in effect there, for, based there, on Kathy Hopeless Hochul. I think it, it did say an order. I'm not sure it's, um, it's set in stone. I don't care. So I started to make my way towards up the escalator, and the security guard is now standing behind me and Danielle, following us on the escalator, making sure I never put it on. And some lady coming down the other way, some gray, blue-haired lady with a big mouth is like, why don't you just put the mask on? And I'm like, hey, lady, none of your business. She goes, it sure is my business. So then I said, shut up. And then Danielle got mad at me. So now I got the security guard mad at me. This lady's mad at me. Danielle's mad at me. I'm still not wearing a mask, mind you, as we're taking the escalator upstairs to go for lunch. I love on it. On Columbus Circle. And I, I love it. And I never put the damn mask on. I never put it on. Mike Garcia, go ahead, pal. Put his mic on. Justin, pay attention. Garcia's trying to say something. God. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, tell me, you ever thought maybe for one moment that maybe you should put it? Just hear me out. That maybe you should put it on just to shut people up? No. no. My job is not to shut people up. My job is to live my life in the, in the United States. Well, last I checked, the government doesn't tell me what to do. And certainly some half-assed security guard at a Columbus Circle Mall or some yelling lady. So I never put the mask on. And then we enjoyed some lunch, Bernie, and then we left. Okay? So we had like an hour to still kill. And she went to look at a furniture shop. It's called West Elm. It's a very popular furniture shop 
also there by Columbus Circle, Lincoln Center. So we walk into the West Elm shop. I'm not wearing a mask. And there's a guy downstairs who has like a, a walkie-talkie, right? And he goes, sir, you need to put your mask on. I said, I got it. Now, in this case, I decide I'm not going to fight again. I'm sick of the fighting. I put my mask on, yet I still hear. I still hear the guy say, guy coming upstairs, make sure he keeps his mask on. So uh, I swear to God, Bernie. So I'm going up the escalator, and I tell Danielle, I go, did you hear that? They're going to stalk you. Yeah. I go, did you hear that? She goes, what? I said, that guy downstairs just warned somebody upstairs to make sure I keep my mask on. She goes, are you serious? I said, yeah. Now, remember, Danielle was upset moments before because I told the lady to shut up on the escalator. But now, now, now it's gone the other way. Now she's mm-hmm. furious. So we get to the top of the escalator. She goes, get back on. I go, what do you mean? We're leaving. What do you mean we're leaving? We just got here. I am not spending a penny in this store. Get back on. We get back on the escalator. We go back downstairs. She walks up to this guy, gets right in his face and goes, you think my husband's a five-year-old? You're going to tell my husband to put a mask on? You're going to rat on him upstairs to some guy upstairs? Put your... I would not spend a penny in the... You should be ashamed of yourself. F you. F your store. We're out of here. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. Is that unbelievable? <laughs> this is like in an hour, one hour in New York City between the Columbus Circle Shops, West Elm Furniture, fights all day long, and then the Apple Store, same thing, put a mask on, which I finally did it, but it's wherever you go. It is impossible. It, yeah, it, it is bad. It, it is like uh, you might as well be in Beijing or, or Shanghai or whatever the hell it is. But uh, yeah, I would. You know, I would put it on. I would just uh, out of just as Garcia said, just for, to, to lessen the headache, like you did in the second spot. I did, and the but, guy still. The guy still was like, he was still. Hey, watch out for this guy, which caused my wife to get furious. Yeah. It's unbelievable, bro. Come on, uh, it's too much. It's of course it's way too much, especially since the, uh, the cases are way way down. I mean, it's time for to not do it. This is the United States of America. Let individ- If you are compromised, then don't go out. If you're compromised, then wear a mask when you go out. But if you're not compromised and you're vaccinated, you can go. And even if you're unvaccinated, you know, just just that's the way we should be living our lives. And there are, by the way, they're about Hochul's about to lift the mask mandate as well. Well, she should. I mean, first of all, the masks, we've been over this a million times. And Dr. Mark Siegel will join us at nine o'clock. The masks don't work. The masks never worked. Never, ever, ever. Nope. That's first of all. And second of all, it's no way to live. Could you imagine walking around those Columbus Circle shops, going from Saks Fifth Avenue to Neiman Marcus to J. Crew? all these stores wearing a mask? I couldn't breathe. I, I, I Ten minutes. Ten minutes, I swear to you, Bernie, I couldn't breathe. Well, I, listen, I 1,000% I agree. Uh, I hated it at the gym. I, in fact, uh, you couldn't work out. I took it off all the time, and you had these uh, mask, not these mask holes in the gym, walking around, doing just what the security guard was telling you. And as soon as the, the, the mask hole left, you take the mask off. But, uh, uh, yeah, it is way, way too much. It's government overreach. And you say, you say you're say you not a uh, Joe Rogan fan, but this is why people are gravitating towards Joe Rogan, because he tells truths like what you and I are discussing right here. Right. No, I know that, and I do appreciate that about Joe Rogan. I just don't find him to be all that talented. I just am not a big fan of his. I mean, he, yeah, it's well, fine. I mean, he, he's on the he, right side of things, and he's, he's a, a regular guy. Exactly. He's a regular guy who asks questions, and he puts people who are smarter than he is on, and they tell the truth. Well, that's not too difficult. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> either way, he's doing a public service. No, I know. I, I, I listen. The guy's fine. I got like I said, he's on the right side of things. He's on our side. I'm just not a huge fan. Listen, of him. But I, I, I am a fan of his because of the UFC. I could never listen to a three-hour podcast. Are you kidding me? Right. Give me, no, give me I, 15 I, I, minutes. That's it. I, I'm with you. And I don't watch the UFC again, so I'm consistent in my in my uh, non-fanhood, if you will, for Joe Rogan. <laughs> but I understand. I appreciate where he's coming from. And, again, what I went through this weekend, I appreciate it even more because it has become impossible to live in New York City. Just absolutely impossible. Then, then I got to tell you, I like the outdoor dining. I like it. It gives you a chance. Uh, you know, sometimes it's too crowded inside. You get a table outside. What do I care? So now you get these people in the village, and I'm not talking about the kids. I mean the old, again, white-haired, blue-haired, nasty, you know, Joel Steinberg types in the village. Yeah, living in, with uh, rent control where they pay, like, uh, you know, $150 a month for rent. Exactly. Even in my building, by the way, there are people that spend 150 bucks a month, and I was spending 9000 I mean, you just can't make it up. So you get these people, and uh, they are furious about this outdoor, outdoor dining and I don't get it. I mean, what do they say? You know, the rats. Rats. You're telling me the rats first started to come with outdoor dining? Rats have been in the city forever. I mean, well, that wasn't any better five years ago. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, I've seen it myself. Rats in the garbage. I mean, rats the size of uh, raccoons, for God's sakes. But the, but they are right. These are uh, magnets for rats, bums, and plus it cuts off uh, traffic. So there is some valid criticism they don't of the drive. These, these people don't drive. They take the train. They take the bus. They're on bicycles. They don't drive. And listen, these poor restaurant owners, these bastards, they almost, uh, a lot of these guys almost lost their businesses and went through so much hell. Suck it up. There's rats anyway. There's filth anywhere. There's dirt everywhere. Just suck it up and let these people make a living. I think it's ridiculous. Why they got to be bastards? Well, they are. <laughs> They just I mean, are. Are they on our side? Or, they, are, uh, they are. I feel, you know, it's funny. I use that word quite a bit for folks that are on our side. But I yeah. feel bad for these poor bastards at the end of the day. So just suck it up. I mean, give me a break. Well, Bleecker Street all of a sudden is, is, the, uh, is pristine. Thompson Street is pristine. Sullivan Street is pristine. Let these people make a living and shut up. Go back to your apartment and read uh, Mein Kampf and smoke a joint and go to bed. Read Mein Kampf. <laughs> uh, no, listen, the uh, the bums, the vagrants actually do sleep in these places uh, overnight. So, uh, you know, these Nazis, uh, they, they, they may have a point, a half a point. Yeah, but what do they care if they're sleeping inside those places overnight? I don't get it. They'd be in their vestibule if they're not out there or they'd be on the subway. They got to sleep somewhere. Who cares? Well, it's, you know, they're crackheads. They're violent. They're mentally unstable. Who, who yeah. the hell needs that? They're less dangerous. Those people you just mentioned than the people living in these buildings in the village. <laughs> they're actually less dangerous. The crackheads and the homeless—they're less dangerous. I, and, and 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 the schools now. My God, that was another thing. There was a meeting about the schools uh, this weekend. Also down in the village about the mask thing. I just you know I look at New York City. From downtown, whether it's a village, I, I, you know, it, it's not um, Five Die Battery Park. It's not. It's really the village, all the way up to the Upper West Side. And I just don't get this town anymore. I don't get it. It's awful. Well, it, it, look, uh, the, the, the all these neighborhoods have been infested with these, you know, these uh, communist sympathizers, these America haters, 
for years and years. So, I mean, so, I, I don't know why you're puzzled. I mean, it's, it's well, not a new I phenomenon. Live, I, I didn't live there. I mean, I lived in uh, Brooklyn most of my life. Then I moved to Boca Raton, Florida for 16 years, where people are red-blooded, patriotic Americans, and would never stand for this nonsense. So I've only lived in this part of the city for four years. I lived Wait. in Battery Park. I lived in Chelsea. Down, in Chelsea. It wasn't like this. This is impossible. Yeah, it is. It is bad. It's gotten really bad, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon, unless Governor Cuomo wins uh, his <laughs> attorney general spot versus Letitia James. That could happen. That could happen. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. There you have it. The travails, the travels of Sid and Danielle Rosenberg on your average Saturday in New York City. Still to come. Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Bill, by the way, wrote the uh, blurb for my book on uh, Saturday. Bernie, it was so nice, and it's so good. So good. Yeah, he did a great job. He really did. So I've got the five blurb writers for the book, all five. Well, I'm waiting on John Katsimatidis. He's he's, uh, one of them, obviously. But Bill O'Reilly sent his. Peter King sent his. Miranda Devine sent hers. And Chaz Palminteri sent his. Let me tell you something. That is a very impressive, stellar uh, line of blurbs. It really is. And they mean a lot. As far as far as selling books, et cetera, of those course. Are, yeah, yeah. People see that on the back jacket of the cover. They'll see your name on the front, forward by Bernard McGurk, and uh, that's going to help uh, book sales. And they're telling me at least, Post Hill Press and Zaccardi and these guys that this thing could be pre-ordered on Amazon in a couple of weeks. You know, the problem is the supply chain. We really thought these books would be available on or around Father's Day. That was the plan. Now everything's pushed back like three or four months. The supply chain thing is a real deal. It's no joke. No, no. Thanks to uh, the idiocracy we have down in Washington D.C. and Pete Buttigieg, sneaky Pete, who couldn't fix the potholes in freaking uh, South Bend, he's in charge of the supply chain, the, the global supply chain. This is a, unbelievable. So you're getting screwed, directly screwed, by these idiots down there. I really am. I'm getting directly screwed. Hard to believe, but I really am. Anyway, we got, again, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Rich Lowry coming up at 740. Dr. Mark Siegel, 905. Lydia Reports coming up at 825. And Beat Bernie coming up at 940. An action-packed Monday morning show. Bernie and Sid right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, now that a new study from Johns Hopkins University, one of the best research schools in the world, says that COVID lockdowns did not save any lives. Now that that has been established, I think all governments have an obligation to get us back to normal ASAP. Now, we acknowledge COVID will be here. But if you are vaxxed, it's kind of like the flu if you get it. If you're not vaxxed, well, that's a different story. But under our freedoms, you have a right not to get vaxxed. The government can't tell you to do that. Private business can. The government can't. So the government has got to stop all of this COVID mandate stuff right now because the science now says all of the lockdowns, all of these mandatory things did not save any lives. So it is time for Americans to demand 
that life return to normal. Because these things attached to COVID are hurting us all. I mean, just put yourself in a position of kids going to school. The psychological impact is drastic. So let's get back to normal. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Come on, let's get to it. How bizarre. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Here we go. Say it. How bizarre. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also on your smart TVs, your, your computers, you can watch us at WABCRadio.tv. It's a good watch, folks. Check it out. Hey, uh, listen, just to uh, ape your story about the masks, uh, the new hero of the right, Bill Maher, he said something that was pretty funny. You know, we talked about Stacey Abrams sitting on the floor in front of those kids all wearing masks, except her, and she uh, she invokes the race card, and she was the one who is in most need of a mask, if you know what I'm saying. Well, let's face it, she's, she's, she's got a comorbidity called obesity. But either way, Bill Maher, uh, he actually pointed out, he talked about uh, uh, Governor Newsom and the mayor of L.A. who have imposed mask mandates on their state and cities, respectively. Uh, they were at the football game, and they were not wearing masks. And people were actually saying out in L.A. that they were trying to kill Magic Johnson. So as make this year your year in a Cadillac. What's this now? So uh, anyway, yeah, they were actually saying that out there. But uh, Bill Maher, he shows a picture. Listen to him here. He shows a picture of both Garcetti and Newsom, maskless with Magic Johnson, and says this. And there's never been any research showing that outdoor transmission is likely or common. Yet L.A. County says we're still supposed to mask up for big outdoor events, like we'll be at the Super Bowl. Well. <laughs> supposed to it's all theater watching athletes mix it up on the court and then mask on the sideline so there you have it uh bill maher yeah to his point i I have to tell you like even just now during the commercial break i'm standing here overlooking third avenue it's kind of cloudy and gloomy out on this monday morning but i'm overlooking third avenue and it's still kind of early it's only 728 there's not a lot of people yet walking around bernie but i see a couple of people walking across the street outdoors with masks on. And I just, I really get angry. I have to control myself. I know it's been two years of this, and I have to control myself, but don't wear a mask outside. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You can't catch it. You cannot catch it outside. You can never catch it outside. So if you want to wear it inside because, I don't know, whatever the reason is, you're paranoid, you're stupid, that's fine. But stop wearing masks outside because all you're doing is is agreeing to this culture of sickness. Patently ridiculous is what it is. Just patently ridiculous. Hey, listen, when uh, good things happen, we give people credit, right? Uh, there was a, a, a great jobs number on Friday. So uh, credit to Joe Biden, right? Uh, listen, he took credit on Friday. Listen to what he rushed to the cameras, by the way. Listen to what he said. Our country is taking everything that COVID has a throw at us, and we've come back stronger. I'm pleased to report this morning 
But many of you already know that America's job machine is going stronger than ever. So uh, America's job machine is going stronger than ever. But a little fact check, of course, uh, inflation is out of control. Highest in five decades. Less people are looking for work. I mean, it's a complicated uh, inside baseball thing, but it affects these job numbers. And by the way, these job numbers that, that, that are coming back, these are jobs that are bouncing back from the economic devastation caused by these blue state governors. They're just jobs coming back that were artificially shut down. It's not, 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 this guy didn't wave any stupid magic wand or anything. Uh, you can tell I've, uh, I have way too much free time, can't you? I mean, I, yeah, I would say so. But you're right. I mean, the truth is, is that these lockdowns are making jobs available now. In fact, you talked about inflation. You know, the, the Fed is uh, is a, is about to raise rates in a big, big way. So I'm not exactly sure what Joe Biden is taking credit for. But, 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 like you said, when the football team wins, the coach gets the credit. When they lose, he gets fired. So I guess in that analogy, Joe Biden can beat his chest. But he had very little or nothing to do with it. It's not that later in the day he went a little bit off script. To listen to what he said. Look, hamburger is uh, you know up four times, fourfold almost in many places. Average people are getting clobbered by the cost of everything. Gas prices of the pump are up. We're working to bring them down, but they're up. Food prices are up. Working to bring them down as well. Hey. All you have to do is, uh, you know, reinstate the Keystone Pipeline, a bunch of other things. Uh, It's easy. But anyway, he actually, a a moment of candor from the imbecile in chief. I'm sure they were were like, what the freak are you doing? Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, did you ever hear this uh, Jen Psaki, smart-ass Psaki? She went on uh, Fox News. I mean, these people on Fox News, I mean, besides the primetime lineup and the, uh, you know, the five, I guess, well, the morning show too. Kilmeade, uh, Ducey, and Ainsley—they're they're pretty, pretty. Yeah, good. They're, they're pretty, uh, pretty good, straightforward. But the rest of it is is is, is fake news light. Oh, it could be MSNBC to the right. That's all. Yeah. So Jen Psaki goes on with the Bill Hemmer, who I like and I know, and Dana Perino, who I know even better. He, Jen Psaki, this 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 weasel, this this low life who says, "Huh, the the consequences of crime. Who cares?" She goes on their show, and they do nothing but kiss her ass. But this happened towards the end of January. Listen to this. Great to have you, and we have so much to cover with you. I want to start with the voting rules. Good morning to you, Jen. By the way, it's hard to find two Bengal fans in the same room. (laughs) That's right. we've done it. Can I join the party? Big game this weekend. Big game on Saturday. (laughs) Go Bengals. We'll be all playing that. And hopefully there will be no breaking news that you have to deal with, Jen, during (laughs) the Bengals game. We will try to protect (laughs) you from that. Thanks for being here. When the president said looks at his watch and says, I guess I'll go another 24 minutes. I'm curious what your exact heart rate was at that time. <laughs> I'm a pretty chill person in general. I may not always seem that way in the briefing room, and that's what he's used to. So yeah. Jen, I knew he was yeah. having a good time. Well, I was Let's... having a heart attack for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Please come Thank back. You. We'll do it more often. Good, good luck to the Bengals, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Anybody have a barf bag that I, I mean, can I mean, well, heave into? Well, listen, that's why Martha McCallum was demoted from 7 p.m. to 3 p.m. And again, at the, at the risk of repetition, on any given moment, on any given day, you can see Harold Ford Jr. You can see Donna Brazil. For a while there, you were seeing a lot of Eric Swalwell. Yep. So Fox News, there's a reason why Newsmax is really the only source at this point in terms of television. Newsmax is the only place to go where 24-7 you're going to get our way of thinking. Fox it's- News, you have no guarantee. 
It's true. Even uh, and I'm going to do this because you brought her name up, Martha McCallum. She hosted Fox News Sunday yesterday, and she had this uh, mutt, uh, Jake Sullivan. He's the national security advisor. And she had a perfect chance to ask him, play the clip of Kamala Harris talking about the territorial uh, sovereignty of the Ukraine border and then ask him, well, why don't we worry about the territorial sovereignty of our own border? She could have asked him. She never did. Uh, Martha uh, Martha McCallum, who I like and know as well, but she did ask him one one kind of tough question on the energy independence. Take a listen. Why not reopen the Keystone Pipeline and reopen federal leases on U.S. land? Because we had energy independence, and that was a large leverage for the United States over Russia. Now we don't have that anymore. In fact, we now buy more fuel from Russia than we have in the past. Well, first, Martha, the United States is still a substantial producer of energy. Second, uh, we have worked with uh, partners around the world to uh, take steps to ensure that Russia's attempts to use energy as a weapon get frustrated. One of the things that President Biden has been very focused on is making sure that if uh, Putin turns down the supply of gas to Europe, that we can find cargoes of liquefied natural gas going elsewhere in the world and redirect them to Europe. So the United States is prepared for a contingency. But you do concede that we're no longer energy independent, Jake. And we were before. What I would say is that the United States is investing massively in being a leader in an energy transition and we can redirect ships to Europe with uh, natural gas if Putin turns off the supply. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so, so she did ask a tough question. And, uh, yes, he, he says we're still a substantial uh, supplier, producer of energy. We were number one. We were energy independent, you jerk. What did you do? What did you guys do? You screwed us, and you made it easier on Russia, who now you want to go to war with. So uh, good on Martha McCallum. I guess halfway she gets – I guess she gets a C plus because that question about territorial sovereignty really burned my ass that she didn't ask that. But uh, what are you going to do? You can't have everything. You know what I'm saying, Sydney? Not really. No. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Put your hair back. You get to leave. Eleven gallows on your sleeve. Shallow figured. Winner's pain Eleven shadows Way out of place Standing to sing Shoulders high in the Standing to sing Some of their early work, the Murmur album at 744 on your Monday morning. We put this time aside every week 
for a guy who's just a tremendous guest, the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC. His columns syndicated in the New York Post often are as good as anyone in the country. And again, he's the perfect Monday morning guest here on Bernie and Sid. It's our dear friend, Rich Lowry. Rich, good Monday morning. Welcome back, pal. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I detailed the story for Bernie and the listeners about uh, 40 minutes ago. Me and uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, walking around the city on Saturday in between the shops at Columbus Circle, West Elm Furniture Store. It was one fight after another about the mask because, as you know, Rich, we've been out to, to lunch together. I won't wear them, and I haven't worn them for mm-hmm. two years. I just yep. I never believed them from day uh, one. You've been, a, you've been ahead of the curve. I was ahead of the curve. Thank you. Uh, long story short, I, I'm still not ready to comply, and the city is not getting any better. Now, you had COVID. You were very sick, actually. What um, What is your feeling on that? Are you wearing masks these days? Do you, if, if somebody wants you to wear it indoors, do you put it on without a fight? What does Rich Lowry do? I, I put them on. I, I mean, no, it's pointless. They never particularly bothered me. They're just, they're really annoying. You know, I, I wear glasses. They, my glasses fog up. You know, if you have to wear them for any period of time, <laughs> I was at a, a little sports event uh, over the weekend or had to wear them for like an hour and a half, your ears start to hurt. Right. So and they're pointless, you know. They're 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 pointless, and so. But, but you say they're pointless, but and this has uh, been my fight from day one, and Bernie could attest to this. They're not because it, it is the fact that somebody is telling you to mm-hmm. do it. The, the, there was a larger meaning to this whole thing. It's basically the government yeah. is telling you what to do, and that's why I've not been okay with it since day one. Yeah, no, I, I take that point, and I, I was going to say that they're pointless, but for children, it just it makes zero sense, and that's totally got to stop. And to what you're saying about how it's someone telling you what to do, we've seen these a, a bunch of pictures now, Stacey Abrams' most notable one, of adults in classrooms or at schools with every single kid masked and the adult unmasked for the photo. So it, it's, it's become like a, um, a status symbol where you, you go into a restaurant and all the staff and the waiters have to wear masks, and you don't. And you're a dignitary, you go to a school, you don't have to wear a mask. All the kids do. You know, you're Gavin Newsom at a football stadium. Everyone else in the stadium has to wear a mask. You don't. And that's, that's uh, pretty reprehensible. Selfish and cruel. These people are truly, truly monsters. I mean, what they're doing to these kids is absolutely unspeakably uh, bad. For, for it's going to, it's going to, for future, for decades to come, it's going to affect these kids psychologically. Rich Lowry, I know you're not a big fan of the Olympics, to say the least. Uh, the opening ceremonies Friday night, you had Putin in the stands. He actually fell asleep. He's sitting there by himself, and his head's rolling around. His eyes are closed, <laughs> and he's sleeping. But even more importantly. Apparently, China and, uh, you know, Xi Jinping and Putin, China and Russia, they sort of uh, came up with some sort of agreement, uh, some some sort of statement and alliance. And uh, this is on the precipice of uh, Russia invading the Ukraine. I know you're not a fan of all this. Tell us about it. Well, it's just uh, it's an authoritarian Olympics. It's it's all about valorizing the Chinese state. Uh, the opening ceremonies I, I watched just for as a news event, and, you know, it was awesome. But my takeaway is that means, you know, the pyrotechnics and the pageantry are going to be fantastic when China invades Taiwan and occupies Taiwan. The huh. deal with Putin, really bad, and uh, sh- shows, you know, that the, the world is, is realigning, and this is a hugely important axis. And it's probably on the verge of him in, invading Ukraine in some form. Or another, so it's bad. I do have to say, though, I just can't help myself. I 
there was a TV that was on. I did not turn it on. I promise. I'm 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 boycotting. <laughs> but uh, the, for the the U.S. women's hockey team playing Switzerland uh, yesterday, and I'm such a nationalist. It just kicks in. It was six nothing USA. I was like, come on, let's make it seven. Can we make it seven? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't help yourself. Yeah. No, you're a great yeah. American. As so, Sean Hannity would say, you're a great American. I said the same yeah. thing this morning. I could. I found myself uh, compelled to watch it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was actually good TV. Can't help it. Which Lowry editor National Review? So the Spotify. CEO has apologized, but he also supports Joe Rogan after Joe's racial slurs episodes were removed. About 100 episodes were taken off of Spotify. He used the N-word, I guess, uh, a bunch of times, and um, he also apologized, Joe Rogan. What are your thoughts on all this? Uh, to, to Bernie's credit, for example, earlier he played Jimmy Kimmel doing a whole shtick with Carl Malone, black guy on television. Howard Stern has done this for years. And now Joe Rogan, of course, his, his feet are being put to the fire. What are your thoughts on the whole Joe Rogan story? Yeah, I mean, no one's sincere about this. They're just using it as a tool against him. Joe Biden said the the, the word out loud. One of the guys who got got this rolling, um, the, this latest attack on him, um, in his not he's a novelist, and in his novels he uses the word. So there's no consistency here, and they're just trying to destroy this guy. And I, I at first, you know, two weeks ago or whatever it was, I was like, okay, Spotify, they're being they're pretty pretty good on this. I, I think if he were if you're not Joe Rogan, he clearly would be dead. They clearly would ditch him. I mean, that, that CEO statement yesterday was just appalling. It was craven. It was weak. And just no one in our society anymore can say to people, uh, no, get over it, stop crying, um, be an adult. And that's what he should, to- should have told his employees. He didn't. And, again, if, if you were just a little less invested in Joe Rogan, you know, $20 million rather than $100 million, I think he'd fire him. So I think I, I find it really disturbing. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, it goes unsaid that Joe Rogan is just putting out actual information that, uh, you know, contradicts what the government has been saying, and he's been validated by it, by the facts. Uh, Speaking of Craven and, uh, you know, uh, just disgusting what happened, uh, this trucker's convoy, this freedom convoy up in Ottawa, Rich Lowry, uh, you had uh, GoFundMe. These people raised like $10, $11 million on GoFundMe. And I know it's not a big topic down here in the United States. It is on Twitter, but not necessarily, uh, you know, among mainstream, uh, the common denominator uh, people out there. Let's put it that way. But GoFundMe actually uh, took the money. They stole the money from the uh, truckers, and they said we're not giving it to them because they support violence. Meanwhile, they they allowed BLM and Antifa to raise money at, at GoFundMe, and that wasn't a problem. What do you think of all that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also really bad. And just these institutions that are supposed to be neutral, they're not. They say they apply standards, you know, against hate and misinformation. It's only against one side. And what they're calling hate and misinformation very often isn't. And the reaction to this protest reminds me, remember way back, right at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a protest in Michigan against Governor Whitmer's ridiculous, arbitrary restrictions and there are about two Confederate flags. There are thousands of people and two Confederate flags. So they're all made into white nationalists. And I remember I spent like hours watching every single uh, minute of video of I could just to determine there are actually two Confederate flags in the entire protest. But it was a gigantic smear campaign, and we're seeing the same thing in Canada. And there was one uh, a Confederate flag in Ottawa. One, a Confederate flag clearly planted there to make them look bad, but uh, – a Confederate flag in Canada? It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, right, exactly. 
I, 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 Southern Canada, us, I, I don't know. Yeah. By the way, the Devils are in Ottawa for the uh, Senators tonight. <laughs> Rich Harry, editor of the National Review, joining us here. We spoke moments ago about uh, Joe Rogan. You live in New York City. Eric Adams, of course, is the mayor here. I've been all over. I think I'm ahead of the curve with that one, too, because I've never bought into his nonsense from day one. Never have. I think he's a phony. He speaks out of both sides of his mouth. And for the most part, is an angry, resentful guy. Uh, he came out, uh, the video came out, at least, of him using the word cracker a couple days ago. He's apologized. Everything's fine. But I have to tell you, if you put together a list of things that have gone wrong in this city and things he's done wrong in the first 30-plus days, Rich, it's a pretty long list. Yeah, it has been an encouraging start. And, and the thing that's really distressing is the some of the key things that are wrong about the city are out of his hands. So even if he were, he were performing at 100%, the bail law is not changing. That's a, that's a state law, and there seems to be no significant movement to change it, despite outrage after outrage where you see criminals released and, and per, uh, perpetrating heinous acts uh, when they're free. And then the, the, he can't affect the DAs. You know, if the DAs aren't going to prosecute, we can arrest all the people we want, and they're back on the streets. So th- those, are, those are two things that make it really hard. That doesn't mean he's doing a good job, but it just means th- th- this thing is uh, a really tough nut to crack, and New York still may be in a, a really bad place a couple of years from now. And last one for me, Rich Lowry, on the Bernie and Sid show, uh, the feel-good story of the weekend, and just uh, emblematic, really, of uh, how the, the fake news really just suckers for hoaxes and phonies and all that stuff, the way they embrace this guy, Michael Avenatti who was convicted on uh, Friday and faces 22 years for uh, really, uh, what, what, I guess he, he milked uh, uh, Stormy Daniels, maybe there's a better way to put that, out of $300 million. <laughs> but anyway, uh, $300,000, excuse me. But he faces 22 years, feel-good story of the year. But there's a bigger, a bigger picture here. Yeah, so it was clear all along that guy was a snake oil salesman. There's no way you could look at him and, and not realize what well, he wasn't entirely on the up and up. But the mainstream media, especially CNN, promoted him into a great hero. There was a period there where he was on CNN every primetime every single night. They actually, and, offered, they actually offered him to take it a step further, a Saturday morning show with Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> him and Scaramucci, I swear to God, Rich. <laughs> it's, too, it's too perfect. And then, of course, CNN's had this huge meltdown. Which is, you know, everyone there was corrupt, basically. Yep. So the the Andrew Cuomo thing began, uh, you know, ended up taking everyone down. Chris Cuomo, and then Chris Cuomo took took Zucker down. And it, it'd be great if CNN were just a news network again, but I don't think that's going to happen. Never going to happen. Okay, no. last one. We are now six days away from Super Bowl Fifty Six in Los Angeles. You're a big time sports fan like we are. Right now, the Rams are a four and a half point favorite over the Bengals. I asked you this last week, but I gave you time to change it or keep it today. <laughs> you will not be on this show again till after the Super Bowl, Rich. Uh, Who wins on Sunday? Uh, the pressure. Well, the Rams are clearly the better team. I'm still with I'm still with Joe. I'm going with the better quarterback. I'm going with the hot hand. I'm going with the Cinderella story. So, Bengals. Wow. I like it. And they're getting four and a half points, too. So, at the end of the day, you can uh, lose that game by a field goal and still cash in your check there, Rich. How there about you that? go. There you have Coming it. Ahead. Hey, Rich, as always, you're great. You're the perfect hey, Monday thanks, morning guest. We love you, pal. Enjoy the Super Bowl. All right. Have a great week. All right. You too. Rich Lowry, the editor of the National Review. Yes, the Rams right now, a four and a half point favorite over the Bengals. Come Sunday, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That's a great two hours of radio to start the week. We've got two more to go. That's the good news, which includes Lydia Reports, Beat Bernie, and Dr. Mark Siegel, all right here on Bernie and Sid. What? Get out of my life. 
They have a guy. They have a guy fighting his demons right there. Young girl, you better run before I do something that's going to land me in prison for 25 years. You know what I mean? Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. And, uh, yes, we will speak to Dr. Mark Siegel. Good conversation with Rich Lowry. Uh, as I mentioned, as we talked about uh, earlier in the show, a lot of apologies out there, except with the uh, except with Stacey Abrams, as, as we just t- talked again with Rich Lowry about. But Eric Adams apologizing. Joe Rogan apologizing. Another guy, Jamal Bowman, another this guy, Jamal Bowman, by the way, he's a, he's a tax deadbeat. He owes uh, back taxes. He owes uh, student loans. The guy's been out of college now for, what, 15, 20 years? But uh, he's another another hypocrite with the masks. you got to wear a mask except me. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And you have the Olympics. Uh, you have one girl, the Wigger girl, who lit the torch on Friday night. She's missing. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have it all here on the Bernie and Sid Show. I mean, uh, Justin Ellick, are, yeah. really, are you really that much in love with this song? No, I'm really not. I am. I love this song. I'm uh, really not. I mean, is, uh, but we just played it uh, coming back in the last break. Oh, no, no. He, he forgets. <laughs> no, I, I forget. I tend to be a little stupid oh, sometimes. Okay, it's, yeah. right. it's, it's Monday. He's still in the uh, ski resort. By the way, it yeah. is Monday. <laughs> uh, we're closer and closer to the Super Bowl 56. And guess who's still performing Sunday? Like I told you he would. He ain't taking him out. Yeah, you, you know, uh, they're not going to right. Snoop Dogg. No chance. I may have to retract my prediction. No chance. Well, uh, keep hope alive is what I'm saying. But uh, you're probably right, sadly. I mean, they should, obviously. You agree they should yank the uh, oh, of course. piece of garbage. Of course, if they do that, then they would be admitting they made a mistake and they'd have to remove a black man from a prominent position, which the NFL doesn't like to do. I mean, there's like 90 reasons why Roger Goodell would never do it. There's only one reason why he would, because it's the right thing to do. That's not good enough for the NFL. Yeah, but you would think, especially in the wake of the funeral for the two uh, slain NYPD oh, they don't police, care. you would think that this would be the care. time for some, uh, you know, some no, self-reckoning they there. They agree with Susan Sarandon. They agree with um, that TikTok star and all those other people who did nothing but crap all over uh, the late great uh, Rivera and Mora and their families and the NYPD. That's who they agree with. Uh, whether they say it or not are two different things, but they would never in a million years admit they're making a mistake and do something like that, which would be nice, but it ain't going to happen. By the way, and again, sadly, uh, I think you're going to be right. Bill O'Reilly has a great column out on just this, and he discusses the Snoop Dogg and his lyrics. And by the way, uh, I learned from Bill O'Reilly's column that those lyrics are from his latest song. It's not from something like 20 years ago, 25 right. years ago, like right. Ice Cube, F the Police. Right. This is from his. This is his latest. Uh, it just dropped, as they say, uh, like in the last month or two. So I didn't make, know that either. I, I know. thought these were old lyrics. Right. So making it even more. It's even worse. Disgusting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively. But uh, so let's listen. Uh, I have been watching. Uh, I must confess, I've been watching the Olympics on NBC, as Rich Lowry just said, and I like it all. I, I love the this beautiful scenery. These guys skating down a you know beautiful mountain, whatever the hell it is. 
But they also have this one uh, sport called a biathlon where they actually ski, they race, and then they stop, and then they, they shoot. They yeah. shoot a rifle. Yeah. A biathlon. I, I just think that that's sort of uh, some sort of anachronistic sport, but I loved it. <laughs> they get down on the ground. They're shooting. It's, uh, I guess, uh, you know, you, if you ever went to war with Russia or something like that, uh, skills like that would come in handy. But uh, It would. i tell you who would be great at that sport would be uh, Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the skiing part. Well, the skiing part may be an issue, but nobody had an eye like uh, not even Barnaby Jones, who never missed one shot in his whole TV career. Of course, that's a fake person. That was Buddy Epson. But Dick Cheney, he never missed a shot, did he? Uh, no, <laughs> Buddy Epson. The, the Beverly Hillbillies. Very good. Hey, hey listen, uh, uh, as, as this wigger in China actually lit the torch on Friday night during the opening ceremonies. She was a, a, a skier, a Chinese wigger. And uh, she came in 42 in her, you know, in, in her event or whatever the hell it is. And this is a fact. She's actually missing right now. She, she's not back at the compound. Uh, she's actually listed as missing. So there's some mystery going on out there. You remember when the Russians would lose uh, hockey games, for example, the rumor is that whole 1980 Olympic uh, hockey team for Russia, they're like, they like went to Siberia or they're all missing. Soccer players, you know, yeah. Bernie, when, the, when these countries lose big soccer games, they kill these kids. They literally kill them. Yeah. So, so who knows where this young girl is? Who knows? And, and our own uh, from Westport, Connecticut, a, a, a 24-year-old named Julia Marino, she won silver in, uh, well, some ski competition. But uh, the fact is she's a local, but she was immediately uh, arrested and taken uh, to a forced labor camp. After winning, no, I'm only I kid. But Julia Marino, shout out to her, because uh, well, Westport, Connecticut, which is by the way is where uh, Deirdre Imus grew up. That's correct. Westport, Connecticut. Imus, and they 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 had a house there for a very long time. The Imus family. Oh yeah, we had a lot of uh, a lot of fun <laughs> at the expense of that town, Westport, Connecticut, back in the day. Now you remember, of course, uh, again, the Wigger went missing, and uh, you know it's they're calling them the Genocide Olympics. But Nancy Pelosi, she said this. We played. I, th- I think we played it on Friday. Maybe we didn't. Take a listen. Cut one. I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all of uh, them. Uh, cut 11. Cut 11. Cut 11, bro. Sorry. I do not encourage them to speak out against the Chinese government there because I fear for their safety if they do. Wow, that's, that's interesting. For their safety. Does she not sound drunk? She L- does. A little bit, right? Do you believe her? I mean, does she? Does she so, well, two things. First of all, A, do you believe her? And second of all, should she fear for their safety? No, that? she's full of crap. Oh, I mean, oh. I mean, you know, <laughs> telling people. It's the equivalent of, as I mentioned earlier, Laura Ingram. Uh, she said of LeBron James, just shut up and play basketball. And they turned that into shut up and dribble. Of course, she had a book out called Shut Up and Sing. Right. Paul about Entertainment people, uh, you know, coming out. It was a general, generic uh, statement about entertainers. I think she did specifically pick on Barbara Streisand, though. But either way, that's fine. Right. So uh, she was accused of racism, telling LeBron James to shut up and just play basketball. But essentially, you have uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi telling, we have a tradition of people in the Olympics uh, protesting. You have uh, famous, uh, infamous shots or famous shots sure. of people sure. raising their fists and all that stuff as so they then, say so then what would her motivation be if, if her motivation would be said that she has a lot of investments in china and she wants people to she wants it to go smoothly and she, she doesn't want any friction because she has a lot of her and her husband and her son 
they're heavily invested, then you have the numbers. I mean, she, this woman is just a, a common congresswoman, and she's like now a multi, multi, multi millionaire. How did that happen? Uh, yeah, she's actually worth, according to Grant Stinchfield, now that we bring that up, he's on Newsmax, 8 p.m. weeknights, and it's funny he would bring it up because tonight he's actually running a special exposing the hypocrisy where he talks specifically about Nancy Pelosi. She's actually worth, believe it or not, Bernie, a quarter of a billion dollars. Did you hear that? Quarter of a billion, $250 million. And supposedly she uh, recently made $30 million, $30 million on one stock transaction alone. So if you really want to see Nancy Pelosi, the hypocrisy, the nonsense, how wealthy she is on your ass, make sure you watch Grant Stinchfield, 8 o'clock tonight on Newsmax. And th- I don't this... work for Newsmax. So I don't get paid for that, just so you know. No, it's good, <laughs> good stuff, though. But yeah. we, we like Newsmax. Yes. We like Grant Stinchfield. Well, we do that commercial. He actually did that commercial, that specific commercial earlier in the show. But it is, it is uh, ironic that you bring that up because they're exposing her tonight. Well, there's this one... Uh... Very famous exchange from 60 Minutes where Steve Croft is sitting in the, sitting in an audience. It was like a Q&A with the Pelosi. And, man, did he grill her on, on how she made her money and whether or not uh, p- members of Congress should be able to trade, to, to actually engage in stock trading, given that they have a lot of inside information. It's very interesting. Maybe we'll get it and play it tomorrow. Who knows? But he, uh, continuing on with the Olympics and these mutts out there, uh, ESPN. They have a new Jamil Hill, and he may not be new. You, you say you know who he is. I never heard of the guy before. Yeah, many is- years. I actually fought with him when I was down in Miami years ago because he was on Dan Levitard's show, and he said something that was completely racist, and I went after him. His name is J.A. Adande, and he's the male version of Jamil Hill. He's been doing it for years. Well, this is what he says about, uh, to, to Pelosi's point, and athletes or anybody criticizing China for their genocide games. Listen to what he said. J.A. Adande on ESPN. Who are we to criticize China's human rights records when we have ongoing uh, attacks by the agents of the state against unarmed citizens and we've got assaults on the voting rights of, of our people of color in various states in this country? So sports, I think it is possible and it's necessary more than ever to just shut everything out if you are to enjoy the actual games themselves. Just a liar. Agents of the state committing acts of violence against unarmed people? Where the hell does he get this information? That's a complete bust-out lie. No fact backs that up. No fact whatsoever. That's the same nonsense that created this atmosphere of lawlessness and chaos and criminals are just running rampant, feeling like there's no consequences. It's specifically that which was perpetrated in the aftermath of the George Floyd death, during which we completely and totally overreacted. And, and, and people actually believe stuff like that the cops are – you know, mowing down, uh, shooting down black people, black males in uh, record numbers. Uh, and none of it's true. It's a lie. And that that and and the fact uh, he's comparing genocide to having to show an ID to vote. I mean, this this is unbelievable stuff that, that I, and I thought that ESPN had told people to shut up, dummy up when it comes to politics. But apparently I'm wrong. I think you are. I think uh, they they allow it to happen when, in fact, they are okay with the left. Dan Levitard, he was able to do it. But you and I know better than anybody that two classic examples of folks on the right. Linda Cohen was on our show one time, and she really dug into the Colin Kaepernick-Ray Rice situation. She got in trouble for that. She was actually called into the ESPN offices and told, you cannot go on with Sid and Bernie anymore. And then Mike Ditka on this show calling Barack Obama the worst president in his lifetime. 
time, was uh, also called in the office. That's not why he was demoted from Monday Night Countdown, but he did get in trouble. So two classic examples of ESPN personalities, successful ones, Linda Cohn and Mike Ditka, who made comments on this show and got into trouble. Yet, yet, on the left, they can say whatever they want. Yeah, and Nancy Pelosi telling the uh, athletes to uh, just shut up and ski or shut up and skate. I mean, it was really gross stuff. It's, it's really disgusting. Now, there's a new uh, head of CNN replacing Jeff Zucker. I believe his name is David Zaslos, and he just uh, he was he was the CEO or he was running Discovery Network or something like that. Anyway, he was on CNBC, and they were talking to this guy Zaslow. L- listen to this exchange right here. We have this great entertainment menu, uh, which should keep people in 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 the home from the kids to the grandparents. Why would they go anywhere else? And then we're the leader in news to the left. Uh, and we're now, definitely you know, one of the leaders in the, the sports. Left. Definitely right. the, Did you say to the left? <laughs> Man, you weren't kidding. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love the CNBC guy. He, he didn't let that uh, didn't let that fly to the left. Indeed. As a matter of fact, uh, Jeff Zucker, not only did he lose 90 percent of the audience year to year from January to January. I mean, uh, CNBC pushed nothing but lies and hoaxes. And you got to never forget that, folks. I mean, that's what they do. Do it constantly. And just to remind you, here's a little montage. You'll, you'll recognize some of the voices. This is CNN. Take a listen to this. We are not fake news. We are real news. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. Some rioters were planning to murder lawmakers. What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? That Kavanaugh aided and abetted in the commission of a gang rape. But it does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet. And he's in his face. When you start whipping people with, and you want to split hairs between reins and whips. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. Everything was wrong. Every, and there's so much else, so much more. Uh, I mentioned that we p- played the clip of uh, Avenatti on CNN where they, I mean, he, I think it was on CNN more than anything else, according to Rich Lowry. But that's why Jeff Zucker should have been fired, not because he was, you know, hosing uh, some uh, marketing uh, uh, employee or whatever the hell it was. But uh, anyway, disgusting on CNN's part. Now, uh, Eric Adams, he made the news over the weekend, not in a way that he wanted to. He ended up apologizing for this. But this is only in 2019. This is the what he thinks of you and me. This is the way he characterizes us. Listen to uh, Eric Adams talking about, well, take a listen. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when you keep one of the blacks in law enforcement. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. He kicked those crackers' ass. I mean, that's that sounded like he's, that was so casual. That sounded like it really came from the heart, and that's the way he thinks about white people. Yep, as crackers. Yeah, I mean that is. Uh, well, a, wasn't a, that group that he started? Uh, you know, whenever he was a cop during those, wasn't that a uh, exclusively black group? I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the name of it is One Hundred Blacks in Law Enforcement. Okay, so you, if you're going to start a group of people that is exclusive to one race, creed, gender. See, that, I've always had an issue with that. I know sometimes that you need to do that stuff, and I get it, you know. But I, I, I've always said BET is racist because there's no white people on BET. If there was a wet channel, white entertainment network, people would go crazy, you know. So if he's starting a, a group like that, and we've had conversations, you and I, on the side with people who we work for, guys like Bernie Carrick, Joe Esposito, and others, then what you heard there from two years ago, 
should not be a major surprise. I get, no, no. I mean, uh, the true colors are starting to come out. And it's uh, unfortunate here in the middle of Black uh, listen, His- History Month. Black History Month. And I got to tell you, Bern, uh, I wish you were sitting next to me right now because my phone is loaded with direct messages. I swear to you, Instagram, Rosenberg.Sydney, Rosenberg.Sydney, loaded with messages from people who heard that comment this weekend. They saw the videotape and they said, got to give you credit, bro. You're right. You're exactly right. He, got, he fooled us. He fooled some of us. But it looks like you're exactly right about Eric Adams. Uh, yeah, hey, when credit is due, it should be given, and uh, you called it early on. I was hesitant, but uh, I think I'm on, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you right now. now. You know, even which Larry said earlier, he goes, you can't blame it all on Adams because he has no control. But I'll tell you something, he's right about that, but here's where I'd feel better. If Eric Adams, Bernie, to your point all the time, name and shame, if Eric Adams came out and said, listen, I really can't control it. I'm in the city. I'm not in Albany. But Kathy Hochul has to do something. And Alvin Bragg has to do something. And he spoke angrily about Hochul and Bragg. Then, even though he really can't change those laws, I feel like he was on our side. He doesn't even do that. Exactly why I brought that up. He has the bully pulpit. He has. He's, he's now a media darling. The attention is all on him. He could, as you just characterize it name and shame these people you people have blood on your hands what are you doing you want more blood on your hands he could be saying stuff like that and he would be winning people over and it would it would sound sincere the way he's doing it now doesn't sound sincere he's going to agree to disagree and nothing's going to get changed that's what's going to happen now he did apologize for that cracker remark just quickly play the apology in all fairness We'll definitely apologize. Inappropriate, inappropriate comments should not have been used. Someone asking me a question using that comment and playing on that word, I responded in that comment. Clearly, uh, it's a comment that should not be used, and I apologize not only uh, to those who heard it, but to New Yorkers because they should expect more from me, and that was inappropriate. Now, no, nobody could find a, uh, a recording of anybody asking him a question <laughs> that involved the word cracker. Right. Nobody, nobody can find it. No, because it's... It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Probably not. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That's why this show does so well, folks. You get the truth right here with Bernie and Sid. Litter Reports is coming up next. Dr. Mark Siegel coming up at 9.05 and Beat Bernie coming up at 9.40. Monday edition of Bernie and Sid. From the 12. Backwards out wide, one-on-one. Clement flares out to the right. Caught over the middle and into the end zone. Zach Ertz. For the touchdown. And again, all you can think back to now is the Jesse James play with Pittsburgh. Does he complete the process? I don't know. Gets inside McCourty, who stumbles. Ball pops out. I'm not even taking a guess. No. The review. The receiver possesses the football, becomes a runner, breaks the plane of the goal line. The ruling is confirmed. It is a touchdown. Oh. Justin Ellick, orgasmic Super Bowl 52. Zach Ertz catches a touchdown from Nick Bowles and the Philadelphia Eagles to beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in that uh, big game four years ago. One quick note before we get to Lydia. So this Sunday, of course, is Super Bowl 56, Bernie, and I want to have like a little party. I don't want to invite anybody because I hate everybody and, you know, I don't want people to come <laughs> to my place. I live in a very small place now anyway. So, but I want to have Danielle and Ava and Gabe and a whole type of thing. So it turns out my, uh, my daughter Ava, she's doing so well. I'm so proud of her. She's going to uh, London to see her boyfriend Toby and look at some schools that she may attend college next fall. She leaves Sunday night. She has an 8.30 p.m. flight 
at Kennedy Airport. I go, Danielle, we're not taking Ava to the airport in the middle of the Super Bowl. Are you nuts? She said, we're not doing anything. I'm taking her. I said, no, 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 no. You got to be home with me. You got to watch the game. I don't care about the game. So long story short, she's taking Ava to the airport, and it's just me and Gabe watching the Super Bowl Sunday night. That's not bad. That's no? pretty good. You like but that? I, I do like that, actually. And plus, uh, the airport itself will be relatively calm, quiet. So, True. Uh, you know, True. you got two pluses there. You get to spend some quality time with little Gaby. And uh, your daughter has a, a pretty uh, stress-free exit from the United States. There you have it, folks. That's why Bernie's the best. With that said, here is Lydia Reports. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Oh, man, I feel bad now because we're talking about something so happy as, uh, you know, children going off to college and starting new lives and you watching the Super Bowl. And then I'm going to talk about I just found out that there were three separate acts of violence against uh, Jewish people in Williamsburg in the last 24 hours. So Hasidic Jews are under attack again. We we want you to talk about this. We just had Dove Hikens on the show on Friday. And one of the things that we talked about with Dove, Lydia, ironically, is there are so many of these attacks that are not even being reported. And the numbers are still skyrocketing. So we're glad you're doing that report on this Monday morning. Well... Just uh, I know this isn't a shocker to you all, but they're not white supremacists that are committing these violent acts. The most recent one, a man was violently struck upside the head in Bed-Stuy. I mean, this video, we tweeted it out on WABC radio. I'll tweet it out again. And you see him, he's just walking with his wife and the black guy comes up to him and punches him upside the head. Another guy screaming at the kids that are wearing the uh, yarmulkes. He's telling them, you guys should have all died. Then swastikas and other graffiti spray painted on yeshiva school buses. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, every time we see a decay of society or a decline or we see an economy suffering, who's always attacked first? We've seen this throughout history. It's always, the, everybody always wants to blame the Jews. Why is that? Yeah, well, because oh, they're jealous. That's why. They're it, jealous. It, in this particular case, uh, let's face it, this, same with the Asians. There's a certain demographic going against these uh, minorities, the Jews. And you see that on the videotape. You see it all the time. There's a certain demographic, and I can trace it back, as I mentioned earlier, because we did bring this up earlier, to uh, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton was uh, responsible for the, well, uh, the Yanko Rosenbaum, Crown Heights, the Freddy's Fashion Mart, where a lot of people died. He called them interlopers. He called them diamond merchants. Never forget that. It was Al Sharpton. Yeah, he started that whole thing. So why isn't he being canceled? Uh, Why isn't Whoopi Goldberg being canceled for denying the Holocaust? But everybody wants to cancel Joe Rogan for bringing on doctors. Hold on, hold on. Be fair. She never denied the Holocaust. Some people have done that, by the way. I think Alex Jones did that. But she she didn't deny it. She said the race was the issue. Right. But I will say this. But no, I'm not saying for her to get canceled. No, no. I don't believe in canceling. What I do want to see is I I would tell my kids if I lived in the Orthodox community, which I don't. But I was telling Bernie earlier I want these kids to fight back. I would tell them to travel in groups. So when one or two of these, uh, you know, not white supremacists starts with them, the five or six of them can defend themselves because I'm sick of seeing these stories and Jews don't fight back. You know, maybe they're outnumbered. Maybe they're scared. I don't know what it is, but we have to start fighting back. There needs to be a story of one or two of these black kids messing with Jews and six Jews kick their ass. Hate to yeah. say it, but they're, they're be afraid the riots will break out. BLM riots oh, will break on. out. So what? Well, so this is better I than agree with you, though. The I agree 100% with you. You know, the, the Jews do have their own little, uh, the Orthodox Jews, they have their own little uh, police force called the 
Shamrim or something like that. Yes, they, yes. they can do this. I mean, remember Meyer Kahani? Yes. He was the type of guy who would do just what you said. And the guy that you know, the Shaman, you know, my friend Gene Stevens, who lives in my uh, the same community as my mother does upstate, Bernie, he was the head of that. He's a Jewish guy, big, tough guy, cop for many, many years, him and Jeff Berkowitz, and he would be uh, leading that group. And you're right. These groups do exist. Go out there and kick some ass. Go out and patrol and, uh, yeah, kick some ass. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, so, some of these victims here, they're taken by surprise. You get sucker punched from behind. I mean, it's tough sometimes. Yeah, you, you Maybe you're not that strong. You don't lift weights or whatever the hell it is. You know, you, you're, going to, you're going to temple all day. You know, I mean, you're not exactly uh, right, 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 you're not, right. You're not exactly uh, Joe Rogan. You, you, can't, you, you can't see Heshi Ogenbaum going like Bruce Lee. Right, exactly. Just guys all over the street. <laughs> I, can see, I can see Sid Rosenberg. I can't see Heshi uh, Ogenbaum. No. I, I, but you notice what the common thread here is. It's those two groups of people, the Asians that are perceived to be weaker, studious, and same with the Jews. And so they, it, you know, every attacker is African-American. That's what the video is. Every single attacker, we're seeing that they're African-American. They're black people that live uh, among these people in the same community. And they perceive them to be weaker, easier targets. They're bullying them. They're beating them down because they're mad at life. They're mad that they're losers. And they just want to sucker punch the first person that they see. And they're, like you said, Sid, I do think that there is an element of jealousy going on. But why do our leaders not acknowledge this? They want to say white, white supremacy is the greatest threat now facing our democracy. When we're seeing who is committing the majority of these hate well, crimes, why not, is nobody? It, it, why isn't well, CNN talking it's not about just, it? It's not just leaders and media. And I, I brought this up a million times. I know it's boring. At the risk of repetition, every Friday afternoon at four o'clock on Ninety Sixth Street and Broadway, which Bunny knows very, very well, that is a very, very busy street. You got twenty, twenty-five people, all white-haired, white Jewish people, holding up a sign that says, and I quote. Stop killing African-Americans. And, and, and I swear to you, every Friday I run up to these people, I come out of the gym and try to cross the street. I run up and I scream, you know who kills black people? Black people. And they, they, but they stand there every week, every week. They have pictures up of some of these people like George Floyd. And uh, who, who was the scumbag in Missouri that started the whole thing, Bernie? Um, uh, Oh, uh, Michael Brown. Michael Brown. And they. so we're not talking about political leaders. We're not talking about CNN. We're talking about everyday people that buy in and promote this nonsense. You know, because just, they live in a bubble world. They never lived in the projects. They never got beat up for their sneakers on the bus on their way to school like I did. They Listen, uh, the majority, it, you shouldn't paint any group with a broad brush. That's 100%. I, you know, God forbid to do something like that. There, But there are always those bad apples. But you can't ignore the facts. You can't ignore the facts that who are the per- per- perpetuators of the perpetrators of these hate crimes well, that they keep talking about. This is a good time to play this particular clip because, as I said, with the Jews, a lot of it started with Al Sharpton back in the day and similarly with the Asians. And I pointed this out for a long time. The Korean grocers, the, the, the hostility, the friction between the black community and the Korean grocers. Now, these Koreans, the Asians come here and they prosper and excel Jews come, they prosper and excel. Uh, they didn't come here to open their grocery stores to oppress black people. They certainly did not. However, that didn't stop Al Sharpton from organizing a boycott of Korean grocers back in the 80s. And we dug up this clip, this news clip from the 80s. It's very telling. Again, you can trace this anti-Asian stuff back to, to Al Sharpton, similarly with the Jewish stuff. But listen to this clip. Shut 
Church Avenue in Flatbush. Boycotters, mostly black, outside the Red Apple Fruit Market on one side of the street and Church Fruits on the other side. Blacks are angry and frustrated once again at new immigrants, this time Koreans, who have moved in, moved up, and left blacks behind. This is new anger over an old wound. How do you like that? All organized those those people with the bullhorns and screaming by Al Sharpton. And again, it was it was over, you know, people shoplifting in the Korean stores and these people following them around because they well, they they, they, they engaged in racial profiling, but I guarantee you they weren't doing it to oppress people. They were doing it because they really thought that they were going to shoplift. It's sad. Okay, well, I'm done. It, I'm, done. I'm, I'm off I my know, soapbox. I know. I know, I know. It's done. But tonight, uh, John Katzmatidis, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. We will have Bill O'Reilly on. He's always got some insight for us. He always tells it like it is. So Cats at Night, John Katz and TD Show, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It is now the number one show at 5 o'clock. I'm humble brag. But, yes, thanks to John Katz Matidis and under his leadership, Chad Lopez. And, of course, Matt Meany. We have a great show. So definitely tune in, 5 o'clock, Cats at Night. No doubt. Lydia Serrano, we thank you so much. We love you. Oh, buddy likes his song. So, Vern, before we get back to the other news of the day, first of all, a quick shout-out to our good friend Joan Nunziata. We're singing Williamsburg, Brooklyn right now. He says, who do you like in the game? I said, the Bengals. They're going to win outright. Forget about covering the spread. Oh, my God, you just mushed me. I like the Bengals, too. He's probably right. But I keep getting these uh, messages all morning from our faithful listeners. The latest one from Nick Bianco, who said, you keep saying the Rangers play again tomorrow night. They don't play until the 15th against Boston. So what happens is, Burn, like the football stuff I know, I, I don't keep track every day of the Nets, the Knicks, the Rangers. I just don't. So Justin Ellick does the sports in the 5 o'clock hour, and he gives me his copy for our show because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think he knows what's going on. So sure enough, Justin Ellick have, puts on the copy Rangers-Bruins tomorrow. Turns out this guy, Nick Bianco, is right. They don't play for eight days. So uh, as my friend John Katzmatidis would say, Justin Ellick, what say you? What say me? Listen, I made an honest mistake. I saw Tuesday. You're an idiot. You've I, done I this saw, you're not even letting me explain because you keep myself. Embarrassing me. What are you talking about? Embarrassing I read your you? Stuff in the morning, and you're wrong. All right, then write your own report. Okay. Is that the answer, Bernie? Is it that simple? Well, um, I don't know if throwing Justin under the bus is the uh, the right move here. I'm not sure. Wait a second. I'm not taking the blame for this. He wrote it. Well, I mean, when things go well, you don't say, hey, Justin wrote it. You know, you, 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 you take the credit, so you might as well, you know, take the blame when, when, when it goes poorly. No? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw Tuesday. I assumed it was this Tuesday. I mean, what am I going to, like, eight days off? That's ridiculous. You just had the All-Star break. Why I aren't know, they playing? But, but the hockey thing, they, they canceled game. You know, the Devils didn't play for, like, two weeks or something. I don't know. Who Listen, the kid, the kid was skiing all weekend with his girlfriend. He's in a funk, and he's in a haze right now. So uh, yeah, cut yeah, him some yeah. slack. All right, you're right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair all right, enough. Justin, I still love you, and uh, we'll fix it, okay? No big deal. Yeah, that's all good and well, ain't it? So listen, uh, uh, some of the good news that I heard uh, just this morning, Deb Valentine, was that uh, Andrew Cuomo, the smug thug, the disgraced governor, may challenge Letitia James for the attorney general spot this November. I think that's fantastic. I mean, it's racist on its face. He's going to try to displace a black woman. But the two of them, politically, they both they both suck wind. I don't care about the, the politics of it. 
I just look for a nasty, ugly race between two really uh, sanctimonious, uh, petty, uh, feckless politicians, the two of them. I look forward to that. So that was pretty – I, I was heartened by that. So thank you for that, Deb Valentine. I didn't read that anywhere. Well, and, you're right in that it could be very entertaining, but on a very serious – I know you're being somewhat sarcastic because it could be entertaining, but on a very serious note, it's really horrible news that we continue to get people. This guy killed 18,000 old people. I mean, there's no joke. He Forget about the stupid sexual harassment claims. That was nonsense. This guy killed 18,000 people. Oh, yeah. and, and he's going to run for office. Like, these are the people that continue to represent us in this city, in this state. It's really scary, bro. Plus, he ruined the state with the unnecessary lockdowns. Right. And while or grandstanding the whole time, going on TV with Fredo and yucking right. it up. And so it's, this, it's, is, it's a, this is the best we can do, a failed governor who killed people and made a joke about people dying and, and, and basically bankrupted the city up against a racist? That's you know, the best we can do? The same people responsible for not reforming the no-cash bail law, Carl Heasty, uh, the leader of the Assembly, and Andrea Stewart-Cousins, the leader of the, the uh, Senate up there in Albany, they're to blame. They let him off the hook. They allowed this to happen. They could have uh, arranged it so that he could never run again, but they, they went easy on him. They went easy on uh, old uh, Andrew, and so we, we see this. But the, the solace I take from it is that, yes, it will be ugly because she ain't no day at the beach either. I mean, she's just wasting her time with stupid lawsuits She's not doing anything effective for New York State. So uh, in that sense, I look, but you're right about that. It is the disgrace that he killed all these people and never paid for it. In fact, he got money for it from a book that he may never have to give back. He's never giving it back. Again, he's never giving Not may never. He's never giving it back. He made over $5 million. And that's another thing I said from day one. That money's never going back, and it's never going back. You know, I do get a lot of text so far this morning, Bernie. You can answer this question. From folks who are curious, why is it? That this Eric Adams tape where he calls white people crackers, why is it that it surfaces now after after he beat Curtis Lewa and already won? Uh, because they didn't want Curtis Lewa to win. Some some news organization obviously had it, uh, sat on it, and uh, that's the fake news. That's the, the media bias, how they affect elections. That's how uh, Joe Biden got elected, because of uh, media bias. I mean, the, the that... That election, November 2020, was rigged before November 3rd, before any ballot was even cast. So it's, it's a similar story with the Eric Adams thing, no question about it. Now, listen, over the weekend you had, uh, uh, actually on Friday, you had Avenatti convicted, Michael Avenatti. Again, the media darling all over the place. And ironically, at one point he actually said this. Take a listen, cut 12. All of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Oh. Yeah, so uh, he didn't mean the handcuffs that they're going to put on him now when they put him, take him away to federal prison. But it's kind of ironic, and uh, it's a really a feel-good story. And you can never forget, never forget, folks, the way the media just just kissed his ass and put him on and thought he was the next greatest thing. He was going to run for president. Listen, to you're going to recognize a lot of the voices here. Take a listen to this. You got lucky tonight. We're back with attorney Michael Avenatti. He is a main player. Sitting beside me right now. I'm not going to let you cheat. You, you have to guess. Uh, and hint, his name is Michael Avenatti. Okay. <laughs> and, um... Look, I think you're doing a hell of a job. I don't think you're in this for money. I have never seen anyone pander to an audience like you just Thank did. You. How dare you, sir? Here's something else. Michael Avenatti, I'd like to meet you sometime over uh, a dinner. Lately, to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. You are. Oh. 
all places <laughs> at all times. Michael Avenatti for president in 2020. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael <laughs> Avenatti. There you go. I mean, just don't forget, folks, these are the people that are preaching to you now, with the exception of Bill Maher, who's uh, kind of coming around a little bit. Hey, listen, this uh, this creepy uh, Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, he put out a memo over the weekend, and he says, this is what he said, and we're supposed to you know, be reassured by this, that he's actually going to do his job. He put out a memo said, uh, you, never mind what I said before, criminals who rob businesses at knife point will be prosecuted for armed robbery. Crooks who hold up stores and other businesses at gunpoint will be prosecuted for armed robbery, even if the weapon isn't loaded. Right. And gun possession will automatically be prosecuted as a felony. And anybody who tries to hurt a police officer will be prosecuted. Oh, well, thank you so much, Alvin Bragg, for actually enforcing the law. We had you all wrong. We thought that memo that you put out a couple of weeks ago, we thought that you were sincere. But uh, we had you wrong. You're on our side. You're not a, you're not a friend of the criminal. You're a friend of the average citizen in, in, the, uh, in the borough of Manhattan and, of course, across the city. But uh, either way, he came out with that. Uh, he obviously feeling the pressure big time. Uh, also, you know, what happened over the weekend was this guy, Joe Rogan, had to apologize. I mentioned Eric Adams apologizing. Somebody sat on the tape but uh, for, for calling white people crackers, just FYI. Uh, yeah, but Joe Rogan, it turns out, the guy who's uh, spreading inf- correct information as opposed to the misinformation you get from the mainstream media, uh, they were on a vendetta against him. And he apparently he used the N-word many, many times. And we, we have a little bit of a compilation here of him doing so. A cut 26, Justin. Hello, everybody out there in TV town. This is Carl Malone of the Utah Jazz here to tell you about Carl Malone Home State, Louisiana. Sometime at night, Carl Malone look up at sky and say, what the hell going on up there? Well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the wrong tape. That was Jimmy Kimmel in right. black, blackface. <laughs> Mocking Carl Malone, making black sound really stupid in blackface, by the way. Now, let's play the correct tape. Uh, cut 25, Joe Rogan, apolog- not apologizing, actually using the N-word. Cut 25. You're called a black rocket scientist. I don't know, Jay. Uh, we'll be rodent. We'll be rodent. May I say something yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can say whatever you want, you smelling. Oh! <laughs> Whoopie wrote that. That's it, Ted. You didn't know I was going to say that. Whoopie had no chance to write you know, it. This is, the, uh, this is not the right tape. Uh, that, that, actually, that's Howard Stern in blackface. Oh, you know what's funny about calling, that, though? Calling Robin Quivers the N-word. But, but what's funny about that is how many years ago was that? And he said Whoopie wrote that, being Whoopie just got suspended. I don't know, but I can tell you this. He never apologized for it. No. And, and, and he's speaking to media darlings. He's cited and quoted all over the place, and uh, he gets a, a scot-free pass on, right on that. Not Joe Rogan, though, for actually uh, using the N-word. He did apologize, but uh, he used the N-word, and he wasn't calling. He, when he mentions context, there's actually something to this. I mean, he could have said the N-word as opposed to saying the real word, because this is some. listen to some of the uh, in, epi, examples of him using the N-word. Go ahead. You know, your thing. Yes. saying the word. I already said. D is just like. She's calling you a. It's like this boy that he's a. That starts calling them. There should. So, so be you hear there. You, you hear there. He's he's actually, uh, you know, quoting or saying that somebody used the word, the N word, actually himself using it as opposed to saying the N word. So it's completely different from what Howard Stern did there. 
but yet he's now a racist. Uh, and, and thankfully, Spotify is standing by him. Uh, they did delete a, a lot, a lot of shows of him using that word, and I guess other things. But still, Joe Rogan is not a racist. You, you clearly can hear that right there. But the double standard exists. Now, Rogan, again, he did apologize for his part. Take a listen to him. I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. But for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation, instead of saying the N-word, I would just say the word. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you f***ed up. And I clearly have f***ed up. Yeah, well, but, but again, the context it really does matter. As, uh, you know, as opposed to calling somebody the N-word. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Using it in the context that he used it under, that doesn't make him a racist at all. Well, let's see. The Spotify CEO said they're not going to fire him. They did uh, erase about 100 episodes. Let's see if they stay true to their word. But we go to commercial break. Did a nice little parody a couple days ago on the Real Housewives series. Not one particular city or state, but it was a nice little parody. So if you're watching us on WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv, you're going to see and hear that parody during the commercial break. If not... We'll be back at 9.05 at the Dub with the News with Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News, the latest on the COVID and a vaccine, a vaccine which is going crazy on the stock market, but you, you may want to buy it. That's just a little recommendation. We'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel. And again, if you're watching us on the stream, a little Housewives parody is coming up next. Step one, you say we need to talk. He walks, you say sit down, it's just a talk. He smiles politely back at you. You stare politely right on through. Some sort of Siegel, How to Save a Life by the Fray as we start the fourth and final hour of this Monday edition of Bernie and Sid uh, in the morning. Of course, Dr. Mark Siegel, you know him from Fox News. He's on all the time. He's on uh, John Katzmatidi's show quite a bit. He's a great doctor, but his best work is right here. I'm convinced on the Bernie and Sid show. He's also a diehard Knickerbocker fan and now a friend of the family. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to the great Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegs, good morning. How are you, pal? 
Uh, you might as well take, uh, Sid, my uh, Nick fan off of there because I still like the beer and I still like the hot dogs. But, I mean, this, they pick up this guy Cam Reddish. They don't even play him. I mean, the, the play, the, they're falling apart. We might as well talk about the Cincinnati Bengals instead. Head, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, we agree. They beat the Lakers in the first half on Saturday night. They did in the first half, yes. The first true. half, that yeah. counts for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, they're a 12 seed right now. It's been a very disappointing season. We're with you. I like the Bengals to win on Sunday, too. But i got to tell you a story, Mark. So you've gotten to know my family very well, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my, my children, Ava and Gabriel. So Danielle comes up to me on Saturday morning, and she goes, we got to buy a stock. I go, come on with the stock thing. She works at the, this lawyer, and she's buying stock. I don't play the market. She goes, we got to buy this one. It's 90 bucks. It's a lot of money. We got to buy it. It's called Novavax. I said, oh, Novavax. I said, you're not going to believe this, but Dr. Mark Siegel texted me literally, literally five minutes ago. So I showed Danielle the text, and you have number one Novavax vaccine coming. And she said, you see, I told you. This is the stock to buy. So I guess she's right, right? I already thought she was brilliant, which she gets from her mother, by the way. But she's absolutely right about this Novavax, and I'll tell you why. Because what's happened is they've taken, they've, they've come out with a vaccine, and this has been in the works for a while. There was a lot of production issues and delays that there shouldn't have been. But the FDA, as usual, is, as usual, is sitting on this, and they better approve it pretty quick because it's the same type of technology that we use for the shingle shot, which we've had out since 2017, and it is a beauty. And you know what they do? They take the protein and they, they grow it in insect cells, in moth cells. And then they put a chemical in with it that really makes it stronger. And you know what? It skips the step that makes everybody nervous about the mRNA vaccine. And guys, it shouldn't make anybody nervous, okay? It never should have made anyone nervous. The mRNA vaccines are great, but they message your cells, some of your cells, to make the protein of the virus. This sucker gives you the protein of the virus. It doesn't tell you to make it. And that change and the fact that it's been around for years now on the shingle shot is going to make more and more people take it. I agree with your daughter. I, I mean, I'm not in the stock market for obvious reasons. You guys could play the market. I can't because I'm here talking <laughs> about the thing. Right. But, you know, I wouldn't be against that idea. <laughs> Novavax. Let me write that down right now. $89 a share. That was actually not my daughter, Ava. It was Danielle's idea, my wife, Dr. Mark. But oh. either way, uh, yeah, she's all over it, and uh, I guess she was right. So I'll tell her you said she was right. Bern? Hey, Dr. Siegel. Uh, you Danielle, just... I already knew Danielle was smarter than you. That... <laughs> Nobody knows that. Uh, Bernie, listen... welcome back, Bernie. Bernie, I'm so glad you're, you're doing well and you're here. So I appreciate Hello. that, Dr. Siegel. Really, I do. Hey, listen, you just wrote a column speaking of what, appreciating things. You said you wrote a column for USA Today saying the end of the pandemic is on the horizon. Why do you say that? Well, it's it, it, you know it, it's taking something for granted, which I hope is true, that we don't let the Dems continue to hyperventilate over this thing. I mean, it looks like their signals are all crossed, but their approval ratings are in the toilet, so they may jump off of it. So also the numbers of are decreasing dramatically in New York, and that's where the media capital is. So the media tends to hyperventilate less when it's when in their own town they're not catching it. And in the, in the United States, 
as a whole, it's down 60% the number of cases over the last couple of weeks. So it's dropping. And also, we ha- with the tools that I've been talking about are starting to come out. We're seeing a lot more of that Paxlovid pill that, that looks really good. You know, we just talked about a new vaccine. And and the, the main thing we can do now is to protect people who are most at risk, which is called cocooning. And not, with, I think the public is on to all of this masking stuff. The mandates oh. are political tools. They're political weapons. And guess what politicians do if political weapons aren't working? They they shift to other weapons. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, although you say that, and again, I, uh, in the 7 o'clock hour this morning, Dr. Mark, I was talking to Bernie and the listeners, of course, about my Saturday with my wife, and we went to Columbus Circle Shops, and I got yelled at. I mean yelled at on an escalator by some lady and the security guard for not wearing a mask. We then went to West Elm Furniture, where the guy actually, uh, with a walkie-talkie, told the guy upstairs, watch out for this guy. He's not going to wear a mask, which ended up with Danielle screaming in his face. In a matter of 30 minutes on Saturday at 2 or three different places uh, getting yelled at about wearing masks. So you say the, the, the public is coming on to it, maybe in most places, but not here in New York City. They are still like sheep walking around with masks on outside where you can't catch the virus. Yeah, and also they're wearing them over their chin. I told you that it's emblems. It says Democrat on it or, or fool. I mean, by the way, I, I, I do think masks still have a use. I, the CDC came out with data that if you're in a really crowded place, that even a surgical mask has some help if there's a lot of COVID around. But, you know, you have to look at what your own situation is. Are you boosted? Did you have COVID before? We're not even counting that in the United States. I talked on TV yesterday about a dear friend of mine who's going to Israel, and I checked his animal. Bodies. He's got him through the roof from having had COVID. Israel's letting him in. Here, they ignore that. So natural immunity counts. Masks are useful, but not to be bludgeoned with. And the vaccine, if we focused more on the vaccine, instead, you know what the administration has gotten the most wrong? A, they don't have the tools, right? So everything is scarce, so you don't believe a word they say. And B, everything is mandated across the board. If they just focused on the value of the vaccine alone, maybe their message would be heard. And, and, you know, Dr. Siegel, Dr. Mark Siegel on the Bernie and Sid show, you had this study come out from Johns Hopkins University, which basically said that everything we did, the lockdowns, the masks, everything we did, uh, uh, suffocating kids, was a mistake. It, it, it didn't help whatsoever. I mean, when does the reckoning come to, come to bear? When, when does Dr. Fauci go on trial? I mean, what, and then people ignored this report, by the way. It, uh, we didn't ignore it. it. It didn't save lives to lock us down. In fact, we don't even know what the toll is going to be in terms of suicides and depression and delayed cancer screenings and heart disease and all this stuff. That's part of the reckoning. That's part of what I, two years ago I was calling collateral damage of, of these lockdown strategies. And you know what the biggest thing of all that was disturbing is that the lockdown strategies came from ancient history. This is what we did for the plague, and it's what we did in the 1918 flu. And those were were viruses uh, well the plague was a bacteria but the 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 flu virus in 1918 was not nearly as contagious as this so you could lock down all you want and you know bernie we had a study out of new york in the spring of 2020 which showed that 70 percent of the spread that was going on was going on within households and one percent was in the subway i'm not saying that i that i embraced that subway poll by the way that's got all (laughs) kinds of cooties on it it didn't have much covid on it no no I know it sounds crazy. And then, of course, so they would send the kids back to the house where they can actually kill grandma and grandpa instead yep. of at school when nobody was getting sick. 
it does bring up this question, though. You say the, pan- the, the pandemic is almost over, and uh, that's good news. We started with the initial one, then we had the Delta one, which I actually, actually ended up getting in. I was very sick for a couple of days. And then, of course, we just had the Omicron. Uh, how can you guarantee me, Dr. Mark Siegel, that the Democrats, in an attempt to just uh, do something crazy in an effort to do win something in 2022 or 24, don't come up with something else a couple of weeks down the road and, and, and bring out a brand new one, even though the numbers won't dictate that? How do I know that? That may actually happen, and it, it's it's humorous the way you described it, like almost that it's manufactured in the Democrat lab. Well, it is. But I, but I, mean, I, hate, I, I, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but it is. <laughs> but I think I think the I think the answer to that is that again, people are going to take this Novavax vaccine. Danielle is going to make a lot of money, and a lot of the world has already got a partial immunity. That's a word that nobody's using. In other words, if you've had COVID before, especially if you've had Omicron, and by the way, four times the number of people are getting this than you know about. I mean, they're telling you 500,000 cases a day. It's actually 2 million. So a lot of the population is getting Omicron. They get an immunity to it that's going to protect them at least partially against anything the Democrats make in a lab. So. so, Dr. Mark Siegel, we know what the government, the CDC, Dr. Fauci, you know, our institutions all got wrong. We know. We know it all. The lockdowns, the masks, and, uh, you know, this is a a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Not true. Uh, My question to you is this. You're an astute observer of the scene. Uh, This guy, Joe Rogan, they're talking about him a lot. Apparently, they started talking about him after he had Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone on, who espoused certain things. Uh, Can you give us some insight into what type of information these guys were allegedly espousing? Uh, Because... For the life of me, I can't see. I can't. I can't decipher what it is. Bertie, you may not agree with my take on this, but let me let me throw it at you. I think, I think that Joe Rogan is in a position where free speech reigns. I mean, he can do what he wants, and and he can put on whatever guest he wants, and I don't think anybody should go after that or censor him or anything like that. I think that the issue was was twofold about these two guests. One is the drug Ivermectin, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And the other is that they're not wild about the mRNA vaccines, which I disagree with them on. I think these vaccines are two years old and they're still useful if you get boosted. I think they work. And I think we're going to have even better vaccines coming. We talked about Novavax. There's others you're going to be able to inhale and block the thing. And that's coming down the pike in a year. So I think they're off base on the vaccines. On Ivermectin, nobody ever talks about the science of it. It's that zinc works as an antiviral, and ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, those drugs help it get into your cells. I think we have better treatments now. I think that's the real thing. I think Paxlovid is much, much better. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't a strategy with that. I think what got Neil Young and Joni Mitchell going on this, and this is a really untold story, is that they both had polio. And because they had polio as a kid, and she had a really bad post-polio syndrome in the 90s, which derailed their career, they are so pro-vaccine that they they were allergic to any rhetoric they thought was anti-vaccine. But listen... I have a question for you guys. They didn't say censor Rogan. They just said we're pulling our music off off of here. Right? Aren't they allowed to do that? Yeah, well, they, they they said either him or us. They gave they gave Spotify well, but, but, an ultimatum. But, but the answer is yes, they can do that. So Neil Young pulled his music, and Nils Lopren pulled his music, and and so what? Uh, yeah, that's what that. I think. So right. big. So what? They do if what they they, want. If, 
Yeah, as long as Rogan's still on there, I don't right. think it's uh, – censorship would be – you know, like nobody – right, it, I, I would be totally against them ever getting Rogan off of there. But they have a right to withdraw themselves. Right. Was that the right thing? No, probably not. No, but but I think they, it, it, it came from a pro-vaccine. But, but they did ask to a censor. They said, take him off or else we're going to take ours off. They, they did give it, it – it was an either-or proposition. Right, but they didn't yeah. take them off. They didn't take it. But the, no, to Spotify's credit, being, right? To Spotify's right, credit, they right. said, "Okay, you go. Right. We're keeping him." So, uh, and you, I'm agreeing with that. I'm agreeing with this decision Spotify made. Me too. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't have been happy if they had taken Rogan off because these guys did an either or. I'm okay that their music. They're entitled to pull their own music off. If they look, if you don't like somebody eating at a restaurant, you don't have to eat there, right? Agreed. Let them eat somewhere else. So you did say moments ago on the way out here that you're not completely against the mask, and you do think in certain spots that the masks make sense. If I am putting together, and I'm not, by the way, there's only going to be two of us, but if I am putting together a Super Bowl party for the Rams and Bengals this Sunday, and I've got 25 people coming over. Now, I haven't checked them all for vaccines. I haven't checked them for antibodies. I just know i got 20 or 25 people coming Sunday for a Super Bowl party. Would you advise those people to wear masks? Because if you would, I wouldn't go. No, I think it's a listen. Here's the first thing I want to say is you having recently had COVID, you know, you're safe and no one's even talking about that. I mean, if you if you just had Omicron, you're not going to get it and spread it. You just had it. And if, I think if, if you have a pretty good idea that the people coming to the party are either vaccinated or maybe they did a rapid test, I think you're fine with that. I think I, I don't think you you have to be wearing a mask in the middle of a party, you know, when you're trying to have a beer. It's just and by the way, speaking of hypocrisy, have you? noticed, and I think I've said it on the show before, you can walk into a restaurant, you've got to be mummified with a mask, right. but then you could sit there for hours coughing, screaming, shouting, drinking, eating. As long as you're at a table, right. the, there's no need for a mask. Makes no sense. I mean, right. No right. sense at all. No, so, so have your Super Bowl party. Just ask people, you know, I would ask the question. You know, I, my preference, have you been recently tested? Have you, have you, did you, did you have the, the, the vaccine or the booster? That's that, I, I like that. It makes me more comfortable. I don't think wearing masks at Super Bowl parties are going to work. Hey, Doc, that was a great conversation. Dr. Mark Siegel, you are fantastic, my brother. We love having you on. Again, interesting. You're so informative. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Dr. Mark Siegel, and uh, look forward to the next time. I love you guys. And, Bernie, I'm so glad you're back, and, and great to be on with you. Have a great day. All right, thank you. Dr. Mark Siegel right there on Bernie. It said, need a contestant for Beat Bernie coming up at 940. Your chance at a $100 gift card. Compliments of our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Borders, plus a WABC Barry House coffee mug. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That's how you get in. More of Bernie and Sid on this Monday, right after these short messages. What I'm saying right here. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also live stream, folks, on your smart TVs, on your computers, at WABCRadio.tv. It is a very, very interesting watch. Check it out. WABCRadio.tv. You know, Sid, uh, this just broke. The, uh, the uh, tennis player... Uh, the Chinese tennis player actually, it uh, turns out, she, she's now answering questions. She gave a statement to uh, uh, a, a newspaper in Europe. She, uh, this is what it said. 
she she once claimed that she was sexually assaulted by a Chinese Olympic official. And now she's saying sexual assault? I never said that anyone made me submit to a sexual assault. And then she goes on to say, why don't you guys leave my private life alone? Uh, so she's under uh, uh, she's under a lot of pressure. She'll disappear after the Olympics, just like that lady, that uh, wigger lady who lit the uh, torch Friday night at the uh, ceremony during which uh, Vladimir Putin fell asleep, which was a funny sight. He's actually sitting in the stands by himself because, really, there were no spectators there. And, and the show was awful. It was uh, Forget about the 2008 Summer Olympics. It was just a boring, awful show. Anyway, his eyes are closed. His head is rolling around like he's drunk on the you know, Metro North past his stop heading up to uh, upstate New York when he lives in Yonkers or something like that. But uh, So, anyway, yeah, you had that. And a shout-out to a girl named Julia Marino, who won the uh, silver in, uh, I believe it was downhill skiing. I'm not sure. So we have a local from Westport, Connecticut, Julia Marino, who won the thing. And I, I, I must confess, I've been watching the Olympics. It, it is quite compelling. I do not DVR it so it doesn't get counted in the ratings. I don't know how exactly they count the ratings, but uh, they're not going to count me watching them. I just, if, if it's not live... I don't watch it. I don't tape it. I don't see it. And uh, so, listen, is uh, Sid not there, by the way? I'm Justin? here. I'm watching uh, okay. you, listening to you. You're, uh, I'm naked. I like what I hear. <laughs> I like what I hear. Uh, you're naked. So, look, uh, you know, Dr. Mark Siegel, uh, that was a great conversation, by the way. And uh, he is so such a smart he, guy. He is a great guy. And, and and that was a true story. Like Danielle literally said moments before, it's 89 bucks. That's a lot of money. We can't afford it. Blah, blah, blah. And Siegel, two seconds later, sends a text, Novavax vaccine. So um, I think we're going to be compelled now to buy it. So should you, by the way, Bern, because it seems like that is a, uh, that's a money-in-the-bank stock right there. It, it looks like it. It looks like it. Novavax, I wrote it down. I'm going to check it out. But uh, he was, uh, you know, good wishes, glad I'm back and all this. Oh, he but, loves you. He, uh, listen, I, I will tell you that um, he, he was texting me every day. I know that you're getting texts from people as well obviously a lot of people texted the both of us but i can tell you that dr mark siegel was texting me every day about you every day he's a good guy yeah. but uh, just fyi and I, I i told you this i'm gonna tell the audience that uh i go for my second round of chemo treatments this week yeah when do you start that, start, that starting on wednesday wednesday I go wednesday thursday friday i get uh my i guess third uh, actually i got four so this will be five, six, seven, unless yeah. they do two a day. I'm not sure exactly how it goes. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be here on Wednesday, but I definitely won't be here on Thursday and Friday. You will or won't be? I, I will not be on Thursday and Friday, right. and maybe on Wednesday. I'm still working out the logistics. What time do you usually go get the the? Um... Well, there's nothing usual. Uh, I had one round, you know, the three days uh, last month. I remember. So I don't know exactly what the well, times you are. Come in, Burn. You come into Sloan Kettering to do that, yes? Yes, indeed. I come yeah. into the city. Yeah. So, so uh, and yeah. You stay again. I'm ignorant. I'm sorry, but and I spoke to you quite a bit during the last round, so I'm assuming it's the same. So you stay in the city for those three days. I in, do in, in the in the hospital. Uh, well, I stay in a in a, 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 a sort of an outpatient facility. Right. right. Is what it is. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, kind of. Uh, the last round, at, at, the, at least, uh, made me tired. You made me, uh, you know, like I was, you know, all well, I wanted to do was, was lie around. It, it kicks the crap out of you, bro. I don't care how tough you are. It kicks the crap out of you. So that, that's fine. But you, but I tell you what's, what's, uh, what's not amazing, but I guess it's, it's pretty regular, 
is, you know, the first week you were tired and it was a little rough. By the second week, you were really close to being back to normal. This week, you are back to normal. So the good news is, is that once that first week is over, Burn, you seem to regain your strength very, very quickly. It does seem that way, and I hope uh, that that will be the pattern going forward. You know, and, and I still, to be honest with you, I have uh, some days are not as good as other days, to be quite honest. But uh, overall, uh, it's uh, I feel, you know, stronger and stronger with uh, each passing day. How many rounds of this? Now, again, you had the four rounds a month ago. Now we start this month. Uh, let me ask actually, how many months of this? You go once a month. How many months? I think I have. Five. These are called cycles. This is right. this will be my second cycle, right? Round cycle, whatever. I think there are five. I'm not sure. My, five my, altogether. Okay. My wife Carol, who uh, is like my my saint, my guardian angel. Yeah. Uh, she she'd know better than I. I just uh, you know, she just tells me, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be there. I'll right. show up. But right. uh, so right. I'm not sure. But either way, uh, that that's the story for me this week, and uh, you know, it's all. For the good, obviously, it's 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 killing the bad stuff, and uh, and that's what we want. That's what I want. Well, I'm glad that uh, we're up to the uh, second cycle here out of the five. And again, what I've seen the last couple of weeks is um, is really encouraging. I know you feel a lot better, and you know, there's a lot of examples of guys like you, Burn, who found out in their early to mid 60s they had it, and they went through the same thing you're going through, and they're in their 80s now, and they're playing tennis down in Delray Beach. So. I'm uh, I'm really confident because uh, you sound so strong the last couple of weeks. Do that I like you'll this, get this? Uh, today I feel like I I sounded a little weaker. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, the past couple of weeks was a blast working with you, and you make it easy for me. So oh, I appreciate you, that. Thank you. Uh, thank so uh, yeah, well, thank you you for saying that that I sound as strong as I do. And uh, right, so uh, 20 years from now. Uh, playing tennis, I like what I hear. I like what I hear. <laughs> well, I don't know if we play tennis, but you and I will be sitting, uh, we'll both be in Carmel, California, if we have this plan correctly. Forget about the cold weather. That's out now, Burn. You originally yeah. said Carmel. Nah, forget We're going it. to Carmel. I'm with you, bro. All I'm right, good. We'll get, no a, we'll, get a, we'll get a house in the same community in Carmel, and you and I, like uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon, we'll go for our morning breakfast. We'll yell and scream about the Democrats in charge then, <laughs> and it'll be great. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then we'll Scro- go home. Carol will change your diaper. Then you'll change my diaper, <laughs> and we'll take it out. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Vermont and Bernie Sanders. That's not happening for me. I'm with you in Carmel. Give me the warm weather any day. Yep. Now. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. All right. All right. Let's play some uh, Beat Bernie. Our contestant today is out of Springfield, and he works in big tech. His name is Jeff. Good morning, Jeffrey. How are you, pal? I'm well. Uh, Springfield, New Jersey. Is that right? Yes. All right. And uh, you work in big tech. That's very broad. You want to talk about what you do specifically or not really? Not really. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Why does everybody who plays this game sign through in the witness protection program? I don't get it. Well, big tech these days yeah. is uh, pretty controversial. Is that so. what it is? Yeah. You know, they get the whole censorship stuff. So right. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. You married, Jeff? Yes, I am. Got kids? Three of them. Oh, yes. All right. So 21. You- yeah. 21, yeah. almost 20, and 16. You are living the life, huh, Jeff? America's been good to you, right? Very good. All right, good. You ready to play? Yes, I am. Who are you rooting for on Sunday, the Rams or the Bengals? I mean, you got to root for Joe Burrow, right? I That's think you do, like too. about that kid. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. All right, let's do it here. Number one, inspired by his Irish roots, 
What VP turned president has the Secret Service code name Celtic? Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah, the S in office right now. In 2020, Ronald Burke paid $22 million for Michael Jackson's California Ranch, which shares a name with what Peter Pan inspired location? Neverland. Yes. Look at you. What former UFC champion is the only American woman to win an Olympic medal in judo? Ronda Rousey. Oh, my God. Look at you. Oh, 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 Big Jeff. You're three for three, my friend. If an amber alert is for an abducted child and a silver alert is for a missing senior citizen, what color would you see for an alert about a missing violent criminal? Um, red? Wrong. You're too late. Like uh, I would have said red, too. I would have I would have said red, too. But uh, I'll give you this hint. What color would you be looking for to find the criminal? Um, blue. Police. I don't so know, yellow? The answer, no, the answer is blue. Oh, yeah. And finally, uh, the okay. fifth one, you're three out of four. On December 20th, 1860, what state became the first to secede from the Union? South Carolina. Yes. Wow. Nice job, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Look at this guy. Yes. You put all the pressure on Bernie. He's got to get all five right to win today. I, or... feel, I feel bad since he's ill. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's the whole thing now. Now he has cancer. You don't want to beat him. I know. But uh, <laughs> he would say, oh, my best come. Wishes to him. He would say, come bring it. He's uh, he's tough. Uh, Bernie, are you there, Bernard? Sid Rosenberg, as I live and breathe. Well, this guy just said he feels bad because you're not feeling well at the beach on the game, but you don't want to hear that, right? You're like, come on. No, I'm feeling fine, bro. Let's go. Let's let's rumble. Well, he didn't feel all that bad. He got four right. So you have to get one of them right to win today's game, okay? Nice guy, huh? You're a nice guy, right. No, Here we I'm, go. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number one. It's all good, yo. Inspired by his Irish roots, what VP turned president has the Secret Service code name Celtic? VP turned president. Yeah, uh, that would be Biden. Yeah. In 2020, Ronald Burkle paid $22 million for Michael Jackson's California Ranch, which shares a name with what Peter Pan inspired location? That would be, uh, oh, what the hell? Not Fantasyland. Um, hold on a second. Come on. It is, uh, oh, jeez. How could I get this one wrong with the stupid Ferris wheel? You want, uh, a hint? you want a hint? Yeah, I do. How often does Luke Legrano have sex? Never, never land. Thank you for that. That wasn't right. What former UFC champion is the only American woman to win an Olympic medal in judo? Uh, Ronda Rousey. Yes. If an amber alert is for an abducted child and a silver alert is for a missing senior citizen... What color would you see for an alert about a missing violent criminal? A missing violent criminal? Yeah. Uh, you would see a, uh, a 10 most wanted. I don't know. What color? I need a color. Uh, you would see, <laughs> you would see it would be a red alert. That's Wrong. You're too late. Back the answer is blue. So the contestant wins today. But finally, on December 20th, 1860... What state became the first to secede from the Union? 
the first state to secede from the union would be uh, South Carolina. That's true. Now, you both won four out of five, but because I gave Bernie the Luke Lograno clue. No good. I'm no still good. giving the money to Jeff today. Yeah, no, understood. No, you can't. The, the, that, clue, the but, clue was everything. I, I mean, know, but, but, but the clue was terrible. You got it right away. It's about. <laughs> did, uh, uh, no, I, I knew Neverland. I just drew a blank. But did uh, he, the guy, you didn't give him the clue, right? Uh, no, he got it right away. He got oh, Neverland. So, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. I should have. I should have. Yeah. But uh, that's All the way right. it goes. So, Bernie, say hello to Jeff in Springfield this morning. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Bernie. Hope you feel better soon, man. Thanks, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I appreciate that. Jeff, where are you living? Springfield, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Not bad. Not bad. You voted for Jack Cittarelli, no doubt? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> my man, my Jeff, man. Jeff, Jeff, he's like, he really can't talk. It's like He's like a witness protection. I, I asked him a couple <laughs> of questions. He couldn't answer anything. You, you uh, know what he is? He's what is very, uh, I should get a bonus for this. He's laconic. What does that mean? Drunk? No, that means he's uh, he's very economic with his words. Right, he has, or his boss is sitting like right behind him in a cubicle. Hey, uh, Jeff, congratulations! You won a hundred bucks. Yes, very good. Loquacious. Very another one, yeah. You got a hundred bucks, so you can go to the uh, that uh, strip club on Route eighty, the Bada Bing, uh, in Jersey, and have a good time. Okay. I'll, I'll see you guys there. <laughs> uh, hopefully. See what he did there? 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Been a fun show, an informative show. Mondays usually are. We'll come back and wrap things up. Bernie and Sid on a Monday right after this. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Has time. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Holmes. Unbelievable. Incredible. The official comes in. Let's just make sure he's in on a play like this. Obviously, they will take a long look upstairs. I say yes. I, I say too. both feet in, both feet down, and control of the ball. Amazing. Three partners are there. You've got three guys. and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Let's see how good you are, uh, Justin Ellick. Who was the quarterback for the Cardinals that they had already won a Super Bowl with the Rams? He was also the Giants' starting quarterback until about week eight, week nine, when Tom Coughlin benched him for a rookie named Eli Manning. Who was the quarterback for the Cardinals that day? <sighs> There's a new movie coming out about his oh, life. Uh, oh, okay, uh, Kurt Warner. Very yeah, good. The former uh, uh, grocery clerk, right? Oh, exactly right, Bernie. He bagged groceries. Now, Santonio Holmes made that amazing catch from Ben Roethlisberger, giving the Steelers the win. What team did Santonio Holmes sign a big contract with after he left the Steelers? That I don't know. The Jets. Hey, now. You are, you're the worst. You know, I go, uh, Bernie, I go, I go to Justin. I go, give me three Alabama quarterbacks. That won the Super Bowl. This is Super Bowl week, you know. How would well, I know that? How? Would, what does that mean? Well, how about uh, uh, starting with Joe Namath? Bang! Thank you. 
We just had him on for the Alabama game two weeks ago. Yeah, Bernie but y- nailed y- it. Y- yes, for three, though. Oh, Bart Starr won the first two Super Bowls. All right. Green Bay Packers, Ken Stabler, the snake. But the point is, he doesn't know that because it was like 55 years ago. I said, wait a second. I know about Ted Williams. I know about Stan Musial. I know about Babe Ruth. I just don't understand this young generation. And it's not just sports. It's politics. It's history. You're just stupid. Sid, not to not to give some self-promotion here, but there is yeah. a podcast coming out on the uh, the Red Apple Media Podcast Network coming yes. soon of me, Justin, and Mike DiDino. Oh, my God. Mike DiDino had mentioned that you cannot call someone the greatest of all time if you had not seen them play before. What's your stance on that? Oh, uh, listen, uh, Mike, out uh, of the three of you, and I mean this sincerely, Mike DiDino is far and away the sharpest sports guy. It's not even close. I mean, he will often, in fact, text me during the show mistakes that you guys make. He's very sharp, but that is a very dumb comment. Very dumb. You don't have to see the guy. And don't tell me that eras. Don't compare guys in different eras. All that is stupid. You know, he says stuff like that, Mike Francesa. Hey, by the way, talking about Francesa, you want to hear this, uh, Burn? This will bring you back to the days of Imus. Remember, he used to do sports on Imus, and every day, every day I'd play Francesa cuts where he would actually say something and the next day claim he never said it. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. And to, to, much to his chagrin as well. Yeah, he hated that. It was ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. So Joe Burrow gets drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of years ago after winning the national championship at LSU. Number one pick overall. Bengals take him. Now, of course, a couple of years later, he's in the Super Bowl, and he's already a monster star. But here was Mike Francesa's assessment of Joe Burrow. Oh, <laughs> I burn. Bernie goes. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here was Francesca's assessment of Burrow when the Bengals took him. Tua might not even be in this draft. What about Bo- what about Burrow? He's not on that level. I, he is not a quarterback that I would change. I I wouldn't uh, take him with the first pick if I had Jones. I just brought in. I would not do that. I, I don't think Burrow is anything special. I think he's going <laughs> to maybe be the first pick. He's had a great year. I give him credit, credit, but I mean, as a prospect, he, two is a rare prospect. Two is the most one of the most accurate passes I've ever seen in college. Oh my god, uh, he's a rare player. Just so you know, Tua, Tua is struggling so mightily with the Miami Dolphins that his coach got fired, and they're considering signing Deshaun Watson, who's had like ninety allegations of of uh, sexual misconduct in Houston the last couple of years. And Joe Burrow has his team in the Super Bowl. You couldn't f that up bigger than Mike Francesa just but did. You're gonna have to play that the day after the Super Bowl <laughs> because that is that is priceless. That is classic. And uh, I, I, I must say it's not atypical of uh, Mike Francesa to get stuff like that wrong, big things like that. But uh, I mean, why pile on? The guy's out of the business, you know. I mean, I think he does a podcast or something, right? Doesn't oh, does he really? I believe he does. Yes. I don't really, I, you know, I have heard nothing no, about Mike Francesa in the last couple of years. I have no idea either. But we still love him. He's still the greatest of all time. But every now and then yeah. he has those moments. Uh, we all have him. That's think. funny though. Yeah. <laughs> no, never go nowhere. This guy, <laughs> but what, Burrow, what's his name again? Never. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh man. Ah, uh, you can't make it up, right? Yeah. Uh, Joe Namath. Uh, yeah. Well. He could have been somebody. Oh, from the great movie On the Waterfront. Exactly right. I could have been a contender. That's right. Could have been a contender. Could have been a contender. Tomorrow we've got Bo Deedle. Anybody else uh, big on the program tomorrow? There, uh, Justin Ellick? As far as I know, it's uh, just Bo and only Bo. Okay. Well, that'll change before the end of the day. Anyway, today was a great show. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel was terrific. So was Rich Lowry. A lot of fun with uh, you guys. 
on the show today. Bernie, uh, rest up. Feel good. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. How does that uh, I look forward to it, Sydney. You great rest job. up, too. All right, brother. I love you. Great job today, Bernie All McGurk. the love, man. As always, a great job by Bernie McGurk. You guys, too. Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Mikey Garcia, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, the whole crew. Enjoy your rainy Monday in New York City. From all of us, all of you, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Peace. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.